0: Welcome to the 310th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on November 13, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway, I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this year's show. With me is the man who's everyone's favorite shock jock, Carlos Rodella.
1: Oh, that's an interesting callback to something that happened on the Twitters. So strange, you didn't
0: tell me the whole story, but you said somebody called you a shock jock, and I'm like, wow, Carlos is pretty much the the furthest thing from a shock jock that I can imagine. What in the world made them call you that?
1: Uh, it's a long story. Um, and I don't really want to get into it because that's fine. We don't have to dig up the details, but I'll just say this. Um, there was an interview I did a long time ago and I, again, like you said, I'm the furthest from shock Jack. I'm like, I just want everybody to have a good time. I like, yeah, you're nothing anywhere, anywhere remotely
0: close to a shock.
1: Jack. Yeah. I like really, really want to like make everybody laugh and you're a I, people pleaser, people pleaser for sure. Empath for sure. And so, yeah, this particular interview just went weird because of the guest, I'll just say, was in a mood or something. And so I was just trying to wrangle it and try to bring it in, you know? Sure. And I, get, I think a lot of people, this is an old interview, too, by the way, but a lot of people just saw it as like maybe, you know, this person's upset and maybe I'm the one who did it. But I was like, like no, you're, no, 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 no. Oh, okay, gotcha. All yeah, right. yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to like make this better um and then there was a ton of stuff that was in the cutting room floor for this interview that no one saw um that was a lot better and we were like actually you know laughing and stuff like that so anywho yeah i i'm not that
0: yeah that was really weird you said that to me it stuck out and i figured i would keep it for the show since why not so why not why not all right folks we are back it is sunday our normal recording day it is basically our normal recording time uh, I don't know. How's your week been, Carlos? My week's been kind of uh, busy, real life. And I got to say, um, the game situation for me this week, uh, you know, not one of my favorite weeks, I guess. You have your up weeks, or down weeks. How was it for you?
1: Yeah, I know. It's almost like we should do that each episode. That's a kind of a good idea where we like, was this week, um, yeah, like we rate their week when it comes to gaming. Because like you said, they change uh, yeah. week to week. Um, and like the week that I just started playing Star Ocean was like my favorite gaming week, right? And then this week, yeah, for me, also kind of a down week. But there's a little star, and I think that's a pun intended, uh, in, in my week, which was Sonic Frontiers. So nice. I will say that that kind of brought up the whole week because a lot of the games kind of didn't really do it for me. But man, that's a, that's been an interesting little game. I have mixed feelings on it, but it's definitely been um, a highlight.
0: Well, kind of an interesting parallel to you because I just said that my week was a down week. And I think in general, it kind of was. But there was... Uh, Not Sonic for me, but there was one bright star in my week in terms of gaming. So the rest, maybe not so bright, but that one was definitely a high point. We'll get to that in just a second. But before we do... It's time to do some housekeeping. Folks, if you listen, and if you don't listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape. That's right. It is time to do housekeeping on my side. Literally nothing on your side, Carlos. What do you have?
1: Uh, Just a couple boxes that are interesting, weird, quirky boxes. Um, One, by the way, is I just saw this, I think this morning. Uh, I first saw it on TikTok, uh, and then I saw it later on YouTube. But Super Mario Brothers with Chris Pratt. Uh, yeah, the movie. Yeah, but there's a video game that this guy's making in Unreal. And it looks like really good. And he's not... He's joking, obviously. You know, he's, he, I don't know if he like likes the fact that Chris Pratt's uh, in the movie. But it's basically like... He, here's a quote from him. He said, With zero game development experience, I'm learning Unreal Engine from scratch. Uh, and he's basically making Super Mario Brothers with Chris Pratt as the... You know Mario. Like, are you talking about he
0: took like like the character looks like Chris? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, gotcha. gotcha. And
1: like full on, you know, like regular size human (laughs) and like running around doing things. So (laughs) it's kind of funny, but it's also like really interesting that this uh, guy did this, like you know, and he's learning Unreal. So I mean, that sounds
0: it sounds really funny. You're making me laugh just talking about it. But it's unfortunate that if this guy ends up making something good, he's going to have to tank it anyway because neither. Nintendo nor Chris Pratt will let him go anywhere with it. So that's kind of a waste of time. But it's so funny.
1: Yeah, a lot of people are saying, like, Nintendo, like, you know, hired this guy. Because a lot of times, yeah, again, people just kind of go and do things because they want to and they love it. And I think that more bigger companies should just be like, you know, uh, bring them on board. Yeah, embrace it. Yeah, for sure. Anyways, I just thought I'd mention that because that's a weird, quirky one. Uh, the other weird, kind of quirky one is Dragon Age Absolution is a new anime that's coming out in December. I Just heard about this yesterday. Yeah, yep. and I bring that up because I am a big Dragon Age fan, and I'm you are. very yes, and I'm very excited about Dreadwolf, uh, which is the new game. Which I don't know when it will ever come out, but maybe next year. Uh, anyways, they're gonna uh, put this anime out, and the anime takes place in the Dreadwolf like game world. Okay. So I love that shit. Like, you know, I loved Edge Runners for Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. You like that cross-media stuff. Yeah, and I think they did a really good job of it. So that's just kind of exciting because if I can't play the game yet, you know, I can uh, play the – or I can watch the anime.
0: Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Okay, cool. cool. Uh,
1: And then lastly, uh, *Ease*, one of my favorite RPG series. Yes. I was watching this thing on um, *Ease eight PS5 version.
0: So okay. that's coming
1: out very soon. I believe it's November 15th. Wait a minute. Haven't we already... I thought Ease Eight was like three games ago, dude. Okay, it's an old game, and I wrote all these notes down. It came out... Okay, in two, so it is an old game. It okay. is an old game, yeah. It came out in 2016, right? I knew it. Okay. And I played it, like, twice. Uh, and, like, I've not finished it, which is crazy, because I finished RPGs. But, like, one time, so I had a bug or something, and the second time I restarted it, um, I got pretty far. And so then I went to go download it, uh, the old You know The kind of The PS4 version Before the PS5 Comes out Right Because yes. PS5 Is like 60 frames per second It's all the things You would think Kind of upgrade um, And I can't Download the PS4 version It says You can't play this On your PS5 Why I don't know It just says you can't And then Which And I own this game Which goes back to That thing we always talk about When it comes sure. to What do we really own We don't own. own folks We just rent We ranked. don't own So I can't get that game and on top of that this is this is the debbie downer not only can i not download it which i'm guessing is because they're it's a broken way to do it but they're waiting for the ps5 version to come out
0: right so they're delisting the old one to
1: make way for the new one exactly so it's delisted even though i own it okay which is which is bullshit you should be able to get that fucking version if you want yes yes. here's another bullshit thing and this is kind of on you know ease uh ncis is it right um is that right ncis i don't want to get that the wrong. tv like the cop no, show ease developer
0: am no, i that's a cop show dude ncis is that cop show
1: no i know but um oh my goodness come on let's look at a. we're thinking now. of nisa
0: nisa
1: nisa is what i meant nipponichi yeah yes okay anywho ncis was pretty funny though that's almost the name of a podcast um it's on them though because they said and they came out to say even when i can get like my PS4 up and running because PS5's, you know, version's up. Mm. I can't use that save. What? Yeah, I oh, can't use my old save. It's not compatible anymore. So yeah. now I'm totally having to start over again. Oh, man. Third time's a charm, though. Third time's a charm. They do say that. So I'm going to probably do it. I feel so – because I love that game, you know, and the only reason I didn't finish first time is because I had a bug, and the second time I got really far – but I've got to do all that over again.
0: Why didn't you finish the second time if you really like this game?
1: I don't know. Something happened. Another game popped up. I, I feel bad that I didn't. I should well, This is more of a like situation. It's not really a
0: love situation then. You know if what? If
1: you loved it, you would have finished it. I loved uh, 9, Ease 9, and Monstrum Docks. And I did finish it much quicker. So that is true. Um, but it is very, very good. So I think, yeah, I'll go back and play it. I bring this up because also ease 10... Is in development and I think it's coming out next year. They said, Man, so I feel like every gotta,
0: time we talk, yeah. every podcaster you're talking about, There's another ease coming. I'm like, Man, I can't keep up with these ease games. There's it's just it's too many. It's too many. There's I can't a keep lot up. of
1: ease, um, too much ease. Well, I'm gonna go play ease uh, PS5 and I'm gonna swallow my pride and go back and start it all over again. And then I'm gonna be excited for ease 10 next year. All right, that's a plan. There's my ease news, and that's it.
0: I was trying to make a news. I just yeah. go Eews. Yeah, it didn't quite work. Sorry. No, I thought that maybe I could mush those words together and make a funny new word, and it didn't quite work. Sorry, no, i did not. I apologize formally to You should apologize. That, I did. Yeah. I am you are apologizing. Right now. I'm apologizing for your apology. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Double apology. All right, let's get to the main content of the show. Man. Okay, so here's one of the reasons my week was down this week. um So let me just give you guys some context before we dive in. Uh, As people listen to this podcast know, if you read Game Critics, uh, I am a big, big, big fan of West of Loathing. Um, I I famously talked about this game for many months. Um, It was something that I saw a long time before it dropped. Uh, It's the game from Asymmetric. It looks like uh, stick figures on a white background. All the graphics are just really simple pencil drawings. And I originally saw it, and I want to say it was like a PAX. It could have been a PAX uh, before it came out. And I remember looking at the game going, man, that looks like shit. And I kind of kept on walking, right? And I just... (laughs) I admit it. I admit it. I fucked up. It was a fuck up. I didn't didn't stick around. I didn't... I I just took one quick look. And to be fair to me, uh, because I like being fair to myself, uh, I was looking at a thousand games that day. And I was tight on time. And I had to really quickly cover the indie booth. And it was like... Yes, yes, no, 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 yes, no, no, as I'm walking through. And that was just one that at first glance, I didn't understand what the appeal was. And I I've, I've apologized for it. This is, this is the, the show of apologies, clearly. It is. I've apologized for it so many times since and I gave a formal apology to the developers. I apologize to the universe. I apologize <laughs> to everybody because once I played that game when it came to the Switch, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't play this because this game's fucking amazing. I believe I ended up giving it a 10 out of 10. I'm pretty sure. Whoa. Pretty sure it's a 10 out of 10. That's a
1: big ass deal.
0: That is a big deal. I don't give out, I give out, I actually did broke down the numbers the other day. I think I give out a 10 once every five years or so. Holy shit. So I don't drop them that often. And I gave this one a 10 out of 10, super solid. Uh, I love it. West of Loathing is one of the most brilliant games I've ever played. Um, I'm not going to say it's for everybody, But it sure as fuck was for me, and it was just like super, super my jam to uh, just to infinity, right? So anyway, I got a a message from someone who shall remain unnamed, and they're like, yo, I heard you like West of Loathing, and I'm like, sure do. And they're like, well, uh, the developers have been working on the sequel for like five years. We haven't said anything about it. There's been no announcements, and it's actually done, and we're going to drop it in a couple days and we want you to play it because we know you love it so much Mm -hmm. and i'm like holy shit you betcha you betcha i love that game i'm gonna i will definitely play that game i would love to play that game so they sent me a code and i'm like yes very excited i was looking forward to it all week because i knew we were recording today and i'm like oh shit i'm gonna get through my other games first get those out of the way and then i'm gonna clear some time and i'm gonna just like play like all night just like all ready for it right so i do that i get all my other review games out of the way which we'll cover on the show in just a minute uh i cleared out my work schedule i rearranged a couple things so i could have the night off um uh, and i i had like 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 honestly i had like free and clear like eight hours straight and for me that never happens crazy that yeah. never happens dude i never have eight hours straight but i this was is so becoming excited. a
1: sadder story now that i it's know it's even that. yes it's even more sad right yeah
0: so i clear the night the wife's doing whatever she's chill the kid's off doing the thing i got the pc fired up we're all gonna play i got like a cup of coffee like it's all good to go right i sit down to start it up and guess what? The game will not start. And I'm like, what? And I start freaking out. I'm like, okay, okay. It's fine, fine. Maybe it's just a pre-release code. I'm just going to update it real quick. So I updated it. And it did update. Uh, I updated. I'm like, okay, now. Okay, good, good. Ooh. And I start playing. Nope. Won't start. I'm like, fuck. What the yeah. fuck is going on with this? So I I delete the thing off. I'm like, okay, just reinstall. No problem. Steam's gonna. Steam's got my back. Uh, Gabe's going to take care of me. It's all going to be fine. Didn't work. I shut Steam down restarted my whole computer, just started from scratch in case anything weird was happening, cleared cache, all your, all the stuff you're supposed to do, right? Did all that stuff, nothing worked. All that popped up was a little window and it was like, uh, here's your game and then like red exclamation point, Brah! can't play. Jeez. So I went to the Steam boards and it turns out that I was not the only person to have this 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 error. I don't know exactly what it is because uh, everybody knows I'm not a PC guy um, making a, a big exception to play this game on my PC, which I normally would say no to. Uh, I could, so there's some kind of, some bug, something happened and it was like a number of people, not a bunch, but like a not zero number of people were hitting the same bug that I was. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not the only person. It's a thing. But what this really boils down to is this game that I was so excited to play all week. This, this one of the precious few people who got invited before the announcement, who got to, who got to get in on it. uh, I couldn't play, I couldn't play anything. And I was, it was going to be my main show for this uh, or my main game for this show. I was all ready, and I, I don't have anything to say about it other than the story I just told you because I couldn't get to play it. Now, on the upside, two things that are benefit. Uh, number one, I got you a code also, so I know that you've played a minute of it. Mm-hmm. And number two, right before the show, I got an email from uh, the game's PR saying, oh, I think we found a fix. So I will try the fix later. I didn't have time to play right before the show, uh, but hopefully you'll talk about it a little bit. Hopefully the fix will work, and hopefully... Next week, I will be able to talk about how much I love this game. I pre love this game. So, we'll yeah. See. Wow. Yeah. That's
1: an ordeal. Um, and I, I, I can obviously, uh, dampen the weekend, the week, <laughs> dampen the week. Um, yes. So, uh, Carlos, please tell me your code worked. My code worked. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. My, my story was much shorter, by the way. Um, yeah, so you gave me a code, and then I tried it, and it worked, and I played the game. And then you played it. Um, cool. I
0: like your story better than my story.
1: Well, I have another kind of caveat real quick, because this is kind of a non-review anyhow. Yeah, um, yeah, I just thought I'd share this with you, because you like West of Loathing so much. I love it. Yes, um, I love it. I don't know if we've talked about this on the show. I don't think we have. But uh, not to be like... Oh, do you hate it? No, no, no. Not to be oh, like, okay. I have known about the asymmetric long before you, but I think I have, because... I used to play the Kingdom of Loathing. Did you? No, no, I knew about it, ah. um, but I never played it. And
0: I, uh, I was thinking about it after I played West of Loathing, but then it was PC, and I'm like, oh, whatever, I fucking hate PC, so I never got around to it. But I knew it was a thing. What is? So what is Kingdom of Loathing? Let's like?
1: just real quick for the listeners and also for you. So I, been, I was playing Kingdom of Loathing when it came out in 2003.
0: Wow.
1: Okay. That, it's it's a long time ago. So that's why I remember. I never brought this up on the show, but when you said West of Loathing, I was like, oh yeah, I remember those types of games. Uh, I was thinking of Kingdom of Loathing, which, sure. by the way, is an MMO.
0: It's is a, it really? Yeah,
1: it's an RPG, And I remember playing it and loving it because around that time, I liked the old school MMOs where, you know, you felt like anything could happen and kind of lots of weird shit. And like, I loved Ultima Online and stuff. So back then, I liked it because, again, it was a comedy-based MMO. Yeah, very RPG. funny. Yeah. So nice. it was really cool. And that's also when I got introduced to the whole idea of meat being currency, Yes. Um, and which is funny because when I, I feel like me and my friends, we had a joke about that before, like, we saw it in the game. I swear we did. We, it just seemed like it was the same sensibilities, you know, as me and my friends. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, and meat is the currency. That's funny because we just had a joke about meat being money or something. So just really weird that I, I yeah, totally took to the MMO RPG. And then what's the Loathing, we've talked about on the show? You obviously have more than I have. I played it i don't think i beat it is it pretty short to beat i mean it's like 15
0: hours maybe 20 if you want to do like
1: all the stuff
0: and there's dlc i haven't touched the dlc yet but there is more to it that i haven't seen
1: well what i'll do is i'll talk about west of loathing and and alluding to this preview that i played of the new game and the fact that i remember west of loathing being difficult at some point Mm. and and being like I, i kept dying for some reason or something and i was like what I don't understand why this should just not this should just be fun and easy, right? Did yeah. did it ever seem difficult to you or like you had to like die a bunch and the learn only difficult something? part
0: for me was I was um I did not get a notepad and a pen before I started playing, which about halfway through I was like, Boy, I really wish I'd written some notes because I was trying to remember special locations. But in terms of difficulty, no. I didn't think it was difficult in terms of combat, but also that game has specific grinding areas and I don't know that they call them grinding areas, but it's very obviously like Hey, if you need to get some experience, here's a pile of snakes, and come kill these snakes. And you can say, "I want to fight one snake, or three snakes, or five snakes." And like, like it's very obviously like if you're if you're having trouble, come here and grind for a while. And there's a couple of those. So I just did that for a while. I just like power leveled, and I just like sailed through the whole thing.
1: Yeah, because I mean, again, in the MMO world, it made sense, right, to like level grind and stuff. Yeah, but I feel like West Loathing is definitely more that story thing. Yeah, Um, but again, true to the roots, like they have action, or not action, turn-based RPG stuff. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So anyways, that b- brings me to Shadows of Loathing, which I just played for a little bit. Shadows Over Loathing. Shadows um,
0: Over Loathing.
1: And I do like the creepy setup, which essentially is um, you have a letter from your uncle and you're supposed to go out to meet him about something. I'll keep it all very vague. And you get on a bus to go somewhere. And of course, the bus breaks down and you got to get out in the rain. And they do the rain and sound effects really well. Mm -hmm. Even though this this game is all like stick figures and black and white, um, they set a great mood. They always do that, good ambiance, you know? And so, yeah, you're in this little town or this little place by the road, trying to figure out how to get the bus uh, going. And of course you meet weird characters and are introduced to combat like right away. And I guess my only downside is what I was just alluding to is that the first, uh, the second battle or something I died, And I was like, "Huh, I I just started, you know." And then uh, I was like, "Am I? Have I got worse at games?" Um, And then, no, it's just you had to to do things a certain way. Like you had to throw a rock, you had to do a thing, and lower the defense, and then you could kill them. But like, I just didn't. I just felt like it was way too. Yeah, it was over too quickly, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!"
0: I mean, did they not give you like a tutorial or anything? I mean, I couldn't even play the game, so I don't know. But was there no There's like definitely no tutorial? Known a tutorial
1: no, no, it's more like you should know that how these games work, okay. um, and so and I do. So it's not like I was lost or anything. So I found the humor great. I like the mysterious kind of creepiness. It's more of like, um, well, it looks like a Lovecraftian thing. Yeah,
0: totally. I mean, that's a direct reference to Shadow Over Innsmouth. Yeah. Which is one of. Lovecraft's most famous stories and when I when I saw what this game was I'm like oh my god dude I I love Loathing and I love Lovecraft and putting those two things together I mean after such a what a magnificent job they did with, with West of Loathing I was like could I mean 14 out of 10 for excitement dude I could not be more excited so I you know man I can't wait to crack into this dude I know
1: I'm not trying to bring your uh you know vibe down but I no, will say no, I know you're not. I know. It, it's just in the very beginning though because you don't even have a chance to grind you know so it's just like yeah, yeah. so anyway, I think that's a little miss miss uh, like it's off or something but the other thing that I thought would be cool is that if we had um controller support I don't know why but um it says full controller support on the steam page for some reason, when you when you start, it says you know W A S D, yeah. um, and then all these games I always just click to move. Mm-hmm. You know, I just use my mouse, so it yeah. Doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I like the creepiness. I like the funny. Obviously, the comedy. I've always liked their comedy. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna keep playing it. I just was weird that I got by that roadblock, and then I finally you know have leveled up now, so I'm okay. But they also put this thing in like uh, like optional monsters that you're like probably shouldn't take on right away. Sure. Uh, and so they're kind of around too. But I really do like the story, and just to give you a little sense and the listeners a sense of the, the comedy here. At some point, I was talking to, and this is a minor spoiler, but it's it, if anything it gets you wanting to play it. I was ta- I was out out in the rainy road, and I was talking to a girl, and it's just a fun conversation. You know, they do like comedy conversation really well. Girls are fun, yeah. <laughs> it was a good, funny conversation <laughs> because she was just so like dour and like didn't care about anything, and I don't know. They do that dry humor really funny. So anyways, I stopped talking to her and then I went somewhere and I came back and then I saw like a gravestone. Like this lies this here lies where this girl was. Uh, you know, she was a hitchhiker or something. So I was talking to a ghost.
0: Ah, yeah. Interesting. And
1: so that's kind of the vibe, you know, it's just like, what's really going on in this world? Yeah. Um so I dig it. Yeah, it's really funny and weird. Uh I just, like I said, in the very beginning, you have to do the first kind of or two combat things, kind of a really certain way, and if you don't, then you will die. Um, other than that, I'm I'm in. Well, I am bummed because I couldn't crack into it.
0: I'm going to try that uh, fix from the developers as soon as we're done recording. Hopefully, it's going to work. Although to be perfectly honest, uh, I I'm very excited for this, and I will I'll probably play a good chunk of it. But honestly, I played West of Loathing on the Switch, and I felt like it was a really good fit for the Switch. Like the simple graphics were a great match for the screen. I felt like it mapped to the uh, the, the the joy pads not joy joy cons really well um so i'm kind of you know and i like to play games in bed before i go to bed. you know that i say it all the time so Mm uh i'm I'm, who knows i am sure there's a switch version coming at some point Uh, i'll jump on that when it comes out but i'll definitely get some time in with this one and i'm very excited anyway so hopefully i will have something more to say i'm sure it's going to be gushing and excitement um just i mean full disclosure i if there's ever a game that i am predisposed to liking it is this one so just everybody take that with a grain of salt when i finally get my hands on this thing yeah
1: And I, I will say this on the Steam page, uh, one of the they list all these really funny features and one like inappropriate fishing, which I think is funny. That's already um, funny. Just saying that. Yeah, I know. But then also authentically baffling 1920s slang. Nice. Um, they do a lot of really fun stuff with language. And again, yes,
0: yeah, I love so. it. I love it, dude. I'm being a word guy, like a writer and I'm loving comedy as much as I do. I think their shit is, you know, comedy is hard to do in games. It's really hard. And I feel like, man, like in West of Loathing, I don't know if you felt this way, but I felt like, Like, in terms of jokes landing, it was like in the high 90s, dude. Like, it was very rare that it felt like they had like a bomb in terms of their writing. Like, I felt like it was just constantly funny. And that is something to really recognize and celebrate, man. Like, it's so tough. And I felt like they nailed it. It's real tough. It's hard to do comedy
1: in general. I know I try every freaking day. Uh, TikTok.com slash (laughs) crossodella. And, uh, but we really liked the comedy in Kingdom of Loathing. That's what I remember liking so much. And that's, we are like, we don't need another mmo right now but we want to play this one because money is meat and weird things happen in it so anywho du- uh dig that check it out and also check out west of loathing
0: yeah and shadows over loathing which is right uh available right now you can get it on Steam. it's available you can get it right in other now. pc places it's out uh and i I, you know kudos to them for not saying anything about it for like five years i mean that it's tough to keep a lock on things and i know this game has a lot of fans or these the developers have a lot of fans so it must have been tough to work on something for all that time and not talk about it but it's out now and i love those surprise drops and i can't wait to get that code working
1: so so. next episode we'll both talk about it again fingers crossed
0: fingers crossed yes all right let me talk for a minute about a game that i played uh with my kid called the past within um as i just talked about a second ago i'm not the world's biggest pc gamer Um, i have a lot of bad karma when it comes to technology and i just don't like being at my computer that much because i'm at my computer a lot for work i'm sure a lot of people can probably uh, relate to that But uh, I got sent this code and they're like, hey, this is one of those games where you play it with a partner. And I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm always looking for an excuse to play something with my kid or my wife. And I figured, okay, this might be a cool one. I know that my kid likes escape room ish sort of things. He plays those with his friends sometimes. Uh, Escape Academy or We Were Here, that kind of stuff. So I'm like, all right, right, give it a shot uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens. So this is one of those. It is a two person um separate like you're not on the same computer one person's at their computer other person's at theirs and you do not connect in the game which is interesting like it is it is a separate game all by itself and how you progress is that one person does something on their end and then you talk to your friend and say oh, okay i did xyz and that gives them information that they need to do something on their end so Wait,
1: you talk to them in real life in real life, yes. Whoa. Or
0: te- you can text him, I guess. Maybe oh, send yeah. him an email real quick if you want. Don't need to talk to him, but you could. I mean, we did since he was just like five feet away from me. Right, right, right. Um, but you're not supposed to look at each other's screens, which we didn't, uh, except for a couple times when we cheated. And I'll talk about that in a second. Um, but yeah, so like, so so the games don't connect. Like, You don't need an online connection to your friend. You just need to be able to talk to them in real-ish time in some way. Um, so this is an interesting thing. And the, and the other thing that got me about this game was the hook of this the game is called The Past Within. So what, what this means is uh, one person is in the present and that was me. You can get you to choose when you start the game. I was in the present. And I'm looking at a box and the box is like eight inches by eight inches, like a little metal box with all sorts of doodads and whiz poppers all around it, like all sorts of switches and stuff. And inside the box is supposed to be the past. So that is, I don't know, 40 years in the past or something. And so your partner... Is inside the box and they're in the past. And so you're in the future, they're in the past. Which is strange because um I'm like, well, this box is eight inches tall. Are they a very small person? What is going on? That part was confusing to me. Uh, but just know that the the, in the box is the past, outside the box is the future, or the present, I guess. And you gotta go go through it. So it's interesting concept interesting enough to get me to play it and i think that you know doing the two player games is something that i think is pretty cool but this one i gotta say just like real talk kind of left me pretty cold um first off uh i didn't realize this at the time but apparently the developers of this game this is i guess not their first game i've never heard of them before i think they're called rusty lake do you know rusty lake i don't i don't know of them either but apparently they've done at least a couple other games and they have like i suppose like a world like a like a lore that they've already established and so if you're a rusty lake fan this game probably makes a lot more sense to you because you know what we're talking about and you know the context i'm coming to it cold right and i i was lost i'm like what who am i what's happening why are we doing this what's the motivation who's this person you're telling me about like i don't understand anything
1: oh they worked on cube escape paradox which i i saw at a show one time um it's kind of what really well-known game, I think. Cube Escape Paradox. Never heard of it. I like the art style, though, for sure. It's an interesting art
0: style. When you're in the past, everything is 2D and flat, and when you're in the present, it's 3D and 3D.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Flat. Yeah.
0: So they go back and forth. So, I mean, so it didn't get off to the greatest start because I'm like, I don't understand what we're doing here. Other than, you know, other than the, the meta context of I have a game that I must play, sure. But like, you know, we all want motivation. We all want story. You all want to know what we're doing. And I really wish I had some kind of motivation because it would have really helped propel me through this. I just was like, okay, well, I'll do this thing because it's in front of me, but I don't know why I'm doing it. Um, it's also an interesting design because I, in some ways I wish the games were connected because it would have been very cool to have my kid do something in his game and then have it affect my my game in some way. But that's not really what happens. Like, for example, um, I'll, I'll have a key in my game and I'll put it in uh, the box that I'm looking at on my screen. I open up a hatch and it, it says like 367542. And I go, that doesn't do anything to me. But then I'm like, hey, kid, do you have anywhere that needs a code? And he's like, yeah, I need some numbers. Okay, 375402. And then I'll tell it to him in real time. And he'll say, oh, cool. You opened up uh, this this trunk I had. And inside is an arrow that points to a painting, but I don't have a painting. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I've got a painting in my room. What's the arrow pointing to at the right corner? Okay, cool. I'll go over there. And then I click the right corner of the painting, which I previously had no reason to examine. And then I go, oh, there's a secret compartment here. And then inside this is a red gem. Do you need a red gem? Yeah, I do. And then, you know, so you kind of go back and forth. Like I do something, tell them. They do mm. something, they tell me. Back and forth. And each thing that we're doing does something in our game, but it's not the same thing as watching someone else do something and then it just happens in your game like it's a it is a very static feeling where nothing moves forward until you move it forward yeah And despite what your partner does it doesn't do anything so that was kind of a bummer as well i really wish that we were interacting more in a real time situation um and in terms of that there were just points in the game where it was just i mean just i hate to be rude but it was just it was kind of just straight up boring where it just felt like i'm not really solving a puzzle i'm just telling my partner information They do something with that information. They tell me. So we're kind of just like giving each other directions to follow. Um, Some of the challenge was in figuring out how to describe things. And this was interesting because my my kid plays a lot of shooters. Uh, They're great at like Overwatch and Fortnite and whatever. Uh, But they haven't played a lot of like point and click. They haven't played a lot of like logic or puzzle games. And so we did get stuck a few times, and that was because I realized that they had not been exposed to those kind of games. And so, like, for example, at one point, um, I needed to know the answer key to something. And my kid was trying to give me the answer. And, he, and I'm like, that's not the answer. He's like, yeah, it is. I'm like, that's not the answer. Yeah, it is. I'm like, it's not. And so I went over there because we got frustrated. I looked at their screen and it was like, oh, what you're reading me is is the answer key But you're not reading me the answer. Like the answer key that you would use to decode what the answer was. Mm -hmm. And they had just never done that before in a game. And I didn't realize they'd never done that. So they didn't know what to do with that information. Um, So we had a couple moments like that where it was just like my kids' unfamiliarity with the genre. Uh, But if you had played with a season... Like if it was my wife, for example, we would have blown through the game in like 90 minutes and been done. No problem whatsoever. So it's mostly just reading instructions, which i guess it's fine i guess but wow, it yeah. just yeah it just didn't feel fun. didn't feel super fun and with the lack of story connection we didn't really have any motivation to keep going and um a couple creepy ish things happened more for my kid than for me and i don't know it just, it just didn't really come together maybe if i had known what this game was about maybe it would have meant more to me and then we got to the end i'm not going to spoil it here but we, we powered through, and I will say full disclosure, uh, my kid wanted to quit in the middle, and I had to really nudge them a little bit and promise them an ice cream cone to, please help me finish this game. Um, so my kid didn't think it was fun enough to finish, and they did it, you know, for me and for vanilla uh, to finish finish this game. But we got to the end. I have no idea what happened. I don't know who the character was. And when we saw the final cutscene, I'm like, I don't even understand what that meant yeah so
1: yeah well i will put a little uh caveat here Asterisks. um rusty Lake hotel i think i played um these are the games by the same developer okay okay the white door it's very cool the art style like almost like an old school graphic novel mm-hmm. um you're like helping a person get out of this room or his mundane life there's a lot of obviously escape room type you know okay. things okay. that they do but I, the other games don't switch back and forth with like art style. They're like all this kind of hand-drawn, cool art style that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, overwhelmingly positive reviews for a lot of their other games. So I, what it sounds like to me is this is like a, a, a new thing they're trying. Yeah. And yeah. maybe it just didn't land. But like I think if people either didn't like that game or are listening to this review and thinking, you know, I might like something by them, go check out their other games. That's what I'm gonna say. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that seems like a good a good safe uh safe bet because without being familiar with it with their other games, I felt really lost and I felt like they did not take enough time to introduce me to what's going on. And maybe, you know, maybe this isn't for casual newcomers maybe this is the wrong place to jump into the work i don't know but it left us pretty cold and in terms of this type of game that the cooperative escape room uh experience i don't know that i would really recommend this to anybody there's a, probably a couple other ones that i would recommend before this just because they're more accessible or they're more dynamic um this one i mean if you like the rusty lake stuff it's probably pretty good but i don't know them and i ended up not liking it very much so yeah
1: i would say check out white door and the cube escape paradox instead there
0: you go there. all right uh carlos over to you for the legend of tian ding which just came to xbox game pass i don't know a week or two ago is that where you're
1: playing it that's where i'm playing it yeah all right tell us about this sir well before i get started another tangent okay um so this game is so cool have you checked it out at all i downloaded
0: it but then i got distracted with the game i'm going to talk about next but i i do plan to hit this one pretty soon
1: so um yeah, before I get into the game, but the game is a kind of side-scrolling action adventure game.
0: Like a 2D platform sort of 2D thing? 2D
1: platform, a lot of action, uh, Metroidvania in a way. Yeah, Metroidvania definitely for sure because you go oh, back okay. and forth to like, okay. different locations. Oh, I did not know that. And a lot of cutscenes with really, really fun, um, you know, weird story that's based on old school like manga uh, and comics. Uh, and it's so based on those old school manga and comics, it made me remember some old manga that I used to read. Uh, not even manga, it's called, let me see what the actual name of it is uh, Manhua, which is Chinese what? comics. Okay, I've never heard that word before. Yeah, Manhua. And I used to read it when I was a kid. Uh, this is a tangent now. It, the, Manhua and the Chinese uh, comics that are like all about martial arts uh, and like crazy moves, you know, where like, uh, someone will jump up in the air and go, like, 25 dragons slashing, you know. And you'll see, like, 15 arms come out of their hands Sure, and stuff. sure, sure. But, like, that stuff I loved so much growing up. And this, these comics, the series of comics did it so well. Um, the comics that I read was called uh, Long Fu Mun, at, which translates into Dragon Tiger Gate um, for English. And then in, in the U.S., the name of the comic book – was uh uh we, we we can't say it anymore <laughs> it's oh, the name, no yeah I, i'll say it now and so everybody knows uh, i just read this comic oh, brace yourselves brace yourselves people okay come on we can handle
0: i'm scared i'm scared of what you're, i have no idea what well, you're this is the
1: name of the comic that's what it was called um okay. it was called oriental heroes oh okay. yeah which we can't do that anymore right
0: i expected something way worse than that just okay like, well right?
1: that's what it was called okay um we don't use that word but uh and so it's a bad translation because it was actually like Dragon, Dragon Tiger Gate. But I bring it up because I love those comics. That art style is very distinct. Um, one of my favorite authors in the series, his name is Wong John Lung, and he worked actually on Dino Crisis. Oh, really? Yeah, I was, like I was doing Capcom? the research. Yeah, because I didn't know. I, he just made all these great comics that I used to read. But then I looked up his Wikipedia and it said he worked on Dino Crisis, which oh, is that's awesome. Yeah. So anyways all that said those panels that I would read as a kid and love love so much and they they're kind of like funny but then over the top action definitely a lot of comedy in it that's what's in this game legend of tian Ding. so when you meet people like in the very beginning you meet a bad boss like a you know some terrible guy who's being mean to everybody mm-hmm. um, and accosting somebody and like literally hitting him with a stick, oh, it, it jumps up in these cutscenes like right on the screen, like those little, you know, boxes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And in those boxes are literally looks like the Manhua Chinese comics. I used to read like oh, identical. And so when I, when I played it, I was like, this is for the people who get it, you know, like it'll be a fun game for you to play or anybody to play, but anybody who read those comics, it's especially cool. Because all the cutscenes and all those little boxes are filled with these comics that I used to read, basically.
0: I mean, that sounds awesome. I don't have any experience with um, the Chinese version of manga, like you're saying. But, I mean, I definitely read a bunch of that stuff as a kid. I mean, mostly um, Japanese stuff. But, I mean, probably the same... Kind of general basket I'm imagining um of uh, over the top action martial arts, exaggerated moves and stuff, I mean i think that's pretty common to yeah, to that sort of thing, and I love it I mean this sounds um very much up my alley. I'm glad I downloaded it.
1: yeah, I think even if you know you're just used to manga in general, you'll get yeah, the yeah, same yeah. sensibility, but yeah. there is a specificness to the kind of Chinese old comics because there's also this kind of comedy drama thing that they would do, mm-hmm. and it seems like that's there too, like really terrible things that people are doing, but then it's also kind of funny and and over the top. Like, everything's always over the top. Is this game from uh, a Chinese developer, do we know? Now we should look that up. I I did all this other research on, thank you. I'll look it up. I mean, I think it must be, because the way that they're... It's so specific, right? It's so specific. So, anyways, that's the game. Basically, you play as this kind of uh, legend, uh, obviously, in the name, this hero that kind of comes in and saves the day, almost a Peter Pan kind of person. He's mysterious. He just kind of shows up and he, you know, rights the wrongs and fights for justice. And in the beginning, you kind of learn that you're going to, you know, you learn the moves all very, like great tutorial. So you'll love that, uh, double jump, you know, all the kind of dash and stuff like that. And you learn that you're going to get special moves as you go along and you're going to upgrade yourself a little bit. And It's just, it's the pacing's great. Like a little bit of story, a little bit of exploration, a little bit of metrovania, even in the very beginning, going back and forth between areas. And then you're going to go towards a boss, which is this character you meet in the beginning. And you got to go through his mansion. And so all of it just fits really well. Like the, the action is, it makes sense, and it doesn't feel like it's overstaying its welcome. And it's just to move you to the next story bit. You know what I mean? It doesn't make you feel like, right, oh, right. I'm in this maze forever. It's like, I'm gonna do do a bunch of stuff in this puzzle area, but then I'm gonna get right to the next story bit. So the so. pacing is pretty good. Pacing's great. It the comedy and and again the the, the just the visuals are awesome. It's this kind of cartoony style uh, mixed with those yeah like comic book cut frames. So so who is the developer? They're from Taiwan. They're Taiwan. Taiwan. Okay, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh it's just so classic, old school, mixed with like a new school uh, action beat 'em up kind of game. And it's just really fun. It's like fucking fun. I, as I'm playing it, I'm like, whoa. Oh, wait, there's those comics I used to read. Oh, and that's really fun to do. Oh, and I just beat this boss. Yeah, I really you're like getting, it. You're getting me hyped, dude. You're getting me hyped. Like I said, I
0: downloaded this as soon as I saw it, but I didn't get to it quite yet for reasons which will become obvious in a minute. Uh, but man, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you like it so much. I'm definitely gonna have to crack into this soon. Like maybe this afternoon. This is this is getting me hype.
1: Dude, I, what I did is because I liked uh, this game, reminded me of those comics so much. I went to YouTube and I found um, somebody who had put all the comics on YouTube.
0: Oh, nice!
1: So I could like literally, it's a, it's a video and it plays the frame by frame comic. Oh, like, that's so cool. That yeah. had to take a lot of time to do. Someone um, out there
0: loves that stuff. Someone that sounds like a labor of love to me.
1: It really does. So I'm like reading them and also playing this game. So. Even though I had a kind of down week for um, video games, I think this and Sonic uh, have been uh, shining stars.
0: Right on, right on. Legend of Tian Ding. It's on Xbox Game Pass, best place to play games. A place Uh, to play games. Another place to play games. No, no, no. This week, it is definitely the best place to play games. It It is, this week especially. So Hmm. Legend of Tian Ding sounds like a winner. Uh, And, okay, I'll I'll get into it now. It's fine. Uh, The other game that came to Game Pass this week, maybe more exciting for me than for you, is Vampire Survivors. I know you played it a while ago. I've never played Vampire Survivors. I was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, talking to PR over the last couple months, when's it coming to console? When's it coming to console? And they kept saying, just hold on, hold on. And then it launched, and it's right here, and I'm really glad that it's here. So it's on Game Pass right now. And I gotta say, I know you talked about it on the show earlier, when on the PC version. I know you really liked it. And I I felt like I was probably gonna like it, just based on what I saw and based on what you said and based on what people were saying. Uh, and yeah, that did turn out to be true. I think it's fucking fun as hell. I think it's really, really right. good. Yeah, I got Very it. exciting. Yes. So, uh, if you don't remember or if you don't know or if you didn't catch that episode vampire survivors i believe it comes from like a one-person team does that sound mm-hmm, right to you? Mm-hmm. like a one-person team yeah uh and this is basically it's visually inspired by old school castlevania ish where like there's obvious connections the music is kind of castlevania the characters are all kind of like castlevania like Uh, The main, the first guy has a whip. There's like one person who's like a magic user. There's like an old guy. So you're seeing the nods, but it's, it's a labor of love. I don't, I don't think it feels like a swipe in any way, Um, but basically uh, you control a character and it's a roguelike and the most you're ever going to do in one of the games is a 30 minute run, which is exciting because like, you know, you're only in it for the short course, but you, you start off uh, with one weapon and all these monsters just kind of horde rush you and you have to like maneuver Uh, but the, the thing about this game is it's not a twin stick shooter. Uh, the, the, whatever weapon you have has a predetermined path that it travels. So for example, the very first guy that you get, uh, has a whip. And when you start the whip, it goes to whatever way you're facing and then you upgrade it. And then it goes whatever way you're facing and then the reverse of where you're facing. So like a back and a front sort of thing. Um, and that's, that's only the only way it goes. And so you have to maneuver yourself so that he will whip and hit enemies, um, without you having the chance to to aim the whip so like if there's guys above you you got to move up so that when he whips it hits them if there's guys below you you got to move down because the whip does not change you have to change um it's the same with all the other weapons as well uh except for one there's one weapon you can aim but other than that all the weapons in the game have their own move path so like there's one lady who sings and it just goes vertically up and down uh there's a, a bayonetta nod character and her shots go diagonal Um, So you have to like pick and choose your different weapons and mix and match. You can have up to six at once. And so you got to like figure out. So I've got the whip side to side. Then I need to pick one that goes like vertical, give myself protection on top. Maybe I need something uh, that shoots a little further away. There's a whole bunch of different weapons that you can mix and match. There's a whole bunch of modifiers to those weapons that you pick up as you go. And it's just really fun. Like just having that simplicity of all I'm doing is moving my character around being mindful of where my weapons hit and then just kind of like like uh almost dodging around kind of like um i don't know like an ikaruga or something like that like it's almost like a shooter in some ways where you're kind of like managing the play field and not really actively like shooting guys you know what I yeah. mean? yeah
1: yeah i was trying to describe it to people in in the first time i talked about it it's like you're just moving and it's a like a zen like f- experience because yes. essentially you're trying to go to the things that are power-ups you're trying to get the things that will heal you and then you're trying to kill enemies all at the same time but you do it in this kind of like yeah wave-like motion of like running left and right in a circle and so it's almost like you're drawing i guess kind
0: of yeah yeah and sketching
1: your way through the battlefield i'm jump ahead real quick flash forward to to my experience because i played it as soon as it came out on pc yeah 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 and got i don't you can kind of beat the game. I got to like one of the last stages, uh, believe mm. it or not. And there's like, basically, um, it's almost like math or something. Like the code just keeps saying, if if you're strong and the stronger you get, we're going to send more enemies at you. Sure. So at the end, when I was playing it, before I like noped out, because I had played it forever, uh, it was just the screen was full of monsters. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, you might have got to that, but like, where you can't even believe you're still alive... Yes. So yes. like the whole screen is just yeah enemies and but somehow you can still make it and that's it's just endlessly fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think at its at its heart, it's kind of like a DPS race where all you're doing is managing your character's position on screen, and the automatic attacking takes care of itself. But what you really are managing is which power ups do I need or which ones do I want? Which ones fit you know my my preference. And then getting those as best you can and leveling those up as much as possible. And then at the same time, you have to, like, outpace the enemy's DPS, right? Because, like you said, at some point, there's a rhythm to each stage. I'm about halfway through the game right now, and... um there's it like it starts slow then it gets hot then it gets slow then it gets hot there's kind of there's definitely like a rhythm once you like get the get into the groove of the game and you got to stay ahead of that rhythm like you got to be like one step ahead so that you're always mowing down the guys faster than they can swarm you mm-hmm. um and if you can stay ahead of that power curve then you're fine like you're totally fine you can manage i mean i was playing it this morning and like 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 you said the entire screen full full of guys there was yeah. not even one empty space at all it was like my guy and then every other pixel on screen was an enemy, and I was just barely like with all my different power ups, kind of like keeping them back like one inch away from me, and it was just just holding my own. So it's definitely a DPS race for sure, and it's also um, just kind of figuring out which power ups work best together, which ones you like the best, um, which ones have synergy, which ones don't. Um, and I think as you mentioned earlier, uh, there are also evolutions to the weapons where if you get. Uh, a certain weapon and then combine it with another weapon you get like a super weapon and i think those ones are really the key to staying alive in that game those are the key to the whole game by the way yeah you got to figure out those evolutions yeah because you cannot yeah
1: they list them online so look them up before you even start this game it'll it'll make the game much more fun because i played as a barbarian and my evolution like destroys and like if i basically just searched for that evolution the whole time and what i mean by that is two weapons have to combine yeah. or a certain amount of two weapons have to combine, yep. you'll know once you start playing it. And then once you get those, uh, that thing is like, yeah, vicious.
0: Exactly. Like this morning, I had a full six evolutions. Every weapon I had was evolved. And so I had that going, and I finished the level. And um, you can finish each level by playing 30 minutes. Uh, when you get to 30 minutes, everybody in the level dies, and then the Grim Reaper comes and kills you. So like the, the level's over. So if you can make it 30 minutes, the game says you have completed that level, you move on to the next level. Uh, There's also tons of unlocks, like a whole bunch of like, uh, survive 10 minutes with this character, and survive 20 minutes with this character, or uh, evolve three weapons, or whatever. There's a whole bunch of like various different unlocks, and they're all like real bite-sized stuff, which I think is really the key to this game's success, because if this was like some kind of long slog, like you would kind of nope out of it, but... Even the tough levels, um, generally, you can feel like you achieved something. Like, I got a bunch of money to get an unlock, or I, I did something, one of the secret uh, hidden things that I wanted to do. There's hidden characters, there's uh, hidden items to find. Um, so, like, basically, every time you play, you feel like you've done something. And I think that's really the key to this, because you're going to be playing for a short time, no more than half an hour max. And that's like, if you max it out more, like, it's like five, ten minutes, probably. Yeah. Um, you, you checked off a little thing off your list, so you get a little hit of dopamine, you feel good. And then you put it down you come back and it still feels fresh so i've been playing it like crazy since it dropped in fact in my family's playing it my kids playing it, my wife's playing it we're all playing at the same time and we're all having a good time with it um and it's pretty amazing too because uh much like uh west of loathing like you take a look at it you're like whatever it's just some pixel game well it doesn't it doesn't look exciting right but like once you figure out what it's doing and once you play like once you get hands on you're like oh this is actually really really fun and it's deceptively fun and it's kind of hard to describe what makes it so fun. But like like you said, that zen-like quality of maneuvering the battlefield and just slowly like DPSing your way through it is something kind of magical about that. I just mm-hmm. have not been able to put it down since I played it.
1: I'm so glad you're playing it finally. Yeah, it is an addictive, beautiful thing. And it's also one of these kind of like, um, yeah, indie success stories. So the creator, uh, they had an Itch.io page. I think that's maybe where I originally found it. It's Pon- Poncle, P-O-N-C-L-E. Yeah, Poncle. yeah, yeah, you're right dot itchio dot io and so that game by the way is free there so you oh, can really? go over yeah you can play like the in what flash or whatever you know just hit run game and they'll play it's not the full thing I think um, you know I don't remember if it's the full thing or not but I'm sure they added more bells and whistles for everything when it comes to console and stuff so uh, but yeah if you just want to like get a taste of it you can hit the run game over on their itchio page yeah yeah again it's p o n c l e and yeah it's just like this kind of like awesomely simple thing that just works. It's like, you know, they probably just were like, oh, this is something. You know, right. even if you it was just, just square. Yeah. yeah just, just to get that squ- feeling. Yeah. So um mm-hmm. really awesome. S- so excited for them. And um yeah, it's really great and addictive.
0: Yeah. It's great it- stuff. I'm glad I waited. I'm glad I waited until it came to Xbox because it has it has all the bells and whistles. It has a lot of features. Right. It's got a lot of toggles. There's a lot of stuff you can do to change your experience. There's like power-ups you can get that are persistent. So even if with a roguelike, there's a feeling of persistence and progression. Um, and you can customize certain things to like make your run better or worse. Um, so there's it's it feels like a very full featured game for what it is and i think it's it's pretty brilliant stuff i just i literally cannot stop playing it it's really fun
1: the last thing i was going to mention uh, is that there are i think you alluded to it but like there's like secret areas too mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you think you know the map really well because you've done it a million times but then like there's this thing you have to do and to, to go to this one place then you get to another area so
0: yeah yep. yeah there's secret secret characters secret locations secret items tons of secrets um so there's always something to do and it's kept me coming back and i just i think it's really great stuff so everybody should check it out if you got game pass or go over to itch and check it out over there this is definitely something that i feel like everybody this year should be at least giving a shot to it may not be your thing but this is certainly one of the most notable games of the year i think definitely check it out check it out all right one more game for me then i'll turn it back over to you uh so carlos you've played resident evil i assume i have played resident evil Okay, I have played Resident Evil 2. What is your favorite part about Resident Evil? Do
1: you have a favorite part? Man, that's a tough question. I mean, Resident Evil Four was a big moment because it was such a groundbreaking kind of experience. Sure, that yeah. was scary but also action packed. So I feel like yeah. that's like a huge part in my brain. And then also before that, the uh-huh. dogs, you know, jumping out of the windows sure. and stuff. So it's always had like an impact on me, and it's felt like it's like made strides in the genre that it was in yeah, yeah. um and then seven even was like so intense because i played it first person where you would not play it um in no, the I dark did play, i did play it i didn't play it oh though. you did. I did that's right I okay. did. yeah but yeah so i really enjoyed that weird kind of family dynamic so i feel like i always look for them to you know push the envelope at times when it that comes is to
0: that. i mean i agree with everything you said and i think that you set this segment up for me perfectly without even knowing what you're doing you're such a natural <laughs> this carlos you're, such you're a natural. welcome because my favorite part of any resident evil is moving inventory in your management screen that's oh, my favorite part. Shit. <laughs> you know what i'm talking about you go in your backpack it's a series of, of squares you've got a gun and it's got to fit in there you got to get some bullets you got that's your a, herbs
1: the reason there's a reason i didn't mention that part of the, the series
0: that's everybody's favorite dude hands down everybody agrees everybody agrees this that's is the best this is sarcasm right no, dude, I'm. I'm not oh wait, you're being serious. I'm being totally serious. Yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, I mean, I enjoy Resident Evil for all the things that it does, all those things you mentioned for sure. But like, there is something intensely, like animalistically satisfying, huh. like primitively satisfying about moving those things around. It's same with Doom, like or not Doom, but um, Diablo. Like back in the day when you'd have like your sword and your armor and your your gems, you have to move those around, make them all fit in your inventory. Something about that is just so fucking fun, dude. Okay, I, I love that.
1: I, I just real quick tangent again. I realize yeah, yeah, yeah. why I don't like that because I that's the only thing I don't like about that series, <laughs> which is so funny. I thought you were. I was actually setting it up for real, but I wasn't. But no, um, you did
0: because it was such a huge left turn, right? That was perfect.
1: Okay, um, suspense on our podcast. But no, the reason is I love Ultima, which I always talk about. Yeah. And Ultima 7, uh, no offense, Richard, if you're listening, but like <laughs> that, when they had to like open up my backpack and open up all the boxes, that inventory was really difficult. Cause it's like, it's just, you know, you, yeah, there was a limit, but it was also just like positioning yeah. and like putting the meat here and putting the, yep. you yep, know. Yep. Every, and so I just remember being like kind of traumatized because <laughs> I didn't want to do that part of the game okay um so yeah i've never enjoyed inventory management oh man that's like my i
0: love that. my favorite part when you can just pause don't worry about the zombies and the the werewolf monsters and that big lady like you can just pause and just look in your backpack and be like okay cool i'm gonna put my my bullets over here and my my gun over here i love it It's fucking love it so there
1: should be a video game an indie game that does that there is and that's literally what i'm talking
0: about right now now i did set you up You did set me up perfectly. You didn't even know it because you were so natural. I am talking about save room, which is also, it's like a double entendre, right? Save room because you need to save room in your backpack. And it's also save room because that's probably where you're doing all this stuff. If you were playing Resident Evil, I'm
1: out. By the way, I'm out. Carlos,
0: Carlos is pre-out. I'm running no the problem. other
1: way. I figured. I figured. And I'm looking at pictures of it right now. But, oh, this is a game for you for sure. Absolutely, dude. I'm
0: so thrilled uh, to be playing this. So it's called Save Room. I'm playing it on the Switch. I think it's a perfect fit for the Switch. I'm sure it's on PC. I'm not sure where else it is. But It is. Basically, the entire game, literally all this game is, and I'm I say this as a good thing, is just doing inventory management. And it's kind of like a puzzle game. So, if you know what the, and in fact, I'm kind of curious as to like if Capcom's gonna come after these guys, because I feel like it is very much like Resident Evil uh, in terms of how it looks and like the stuff you get. I'm like, man, this is kind of close to Capcom's work, but whatever. Um, I'm playing it now and that's all I care about. You have uh, a backpack and it looks just like the Resident Evil uh, inventory screen made up uh, divided in squares and you get like a gun and the gun is like in an L shape and it takes up four squares and you've got a clip and that's uh straight up and down and it takes two squares and you've got a bandage and that takes one square and whatever and then you have to like figure out how to fit all that shit in your backpack and that's all you do and I think it's fucking so fun and amazing um and so you start off with like a small backpack and then like it gets bigger and bigger and then it gets tricky because you can rotate things uh you know vertical horizontal whatever And then you get like a shotgun and then like a submachine gun and you got two clips and you've got bullets and then you've got like all the regular stuff you would think. But then it comes it becomes uh, even more difficult or, you know, more challenging because you have to figure out can I fit these things in here or do I need to somehow combine them? And it all combines exactly how you think. If you've got bullets and a gun and you can't fit both, then you put the bullets in the gun. Or like if you've got three herbs and you can't fit them all, you, you combine them up and you make one herb mix that takes up less room than three herbs, right? So, like, if you've played Resident Evil, you know from the get-go what you're doing. It's like it's burned in your DNA now. You know how this works. And you know you like it, except for Carlos. Everybody mm-hmm. else likes it. And that's all this game is, and I think it's fucking amazing. I've been doing a couple levels a night, and I just, like... I cannot explain to you why I think it's so fun or what makes it so fun, but there is something intensely satisfying about taking that backpack and fitting the stuff in it. And it all just goes in there nice and neat. And you're just like, boom, Done.
1: I just feel so good. I love it. It's like Tetris kind of in a way. It is. Yes, um, kind of. And then also a uh, friend of the show, Steve Haskey, I bet you loves this done because I think oh, he dude. really enjoys that
0: management stuff too. I'm going to I'm gonna ping Haskey right after this. I'll let him know, see if he knows about this I game. I think so. he'll play the crap out of it.
1: By the way, this developer, Fractal Projects, worked on a game called How to Bathe Your Cat. Oh, wow. Um, which basically is just, again, a puzzle game where you're trying to get water to hit your dirty cat <laughs> in like a little puzzle level. Yes, yes. So if you like puzzles like this game and you want to like bathe your cat um check that there game you go. out so
0: that is save room and actually save quick tangent room. you just reminded me so save room is great i love it uh if you like what i said then you're gonna love it too but quick tangent back to circle back to vampire survivors for a second i don't know if you did this or not carlos but there is a character that you can unlock a hidden character uh who is the witch did you ever find the witch riding a broom i don't i don't think i did the witch no So her weapon is a cat. And I bring this up because you just mentioned cats. So her weapon is the most fucked up weapon in the whole game because you are a witch riding a broom and you summon cats. And these cats don't do any fucking thing that you want them to. They walk around and sometimes they attack enemies. Sometimes they don't. If you get too close, they fucking attack you. They scratch you.
1: Oh, my goodness. it's it's,
0: It's awesome because I think it's very funny. It's a very funny joke. But trying to use that character is fucking the hottest bullshit because it's like these cats don't do anything. And if they touch you, they hurt you. So you actually have to dodge your own weapons and hope that they attack enemies while you're doing your best to fucking struggle and survive.
1: Oh, man. It's
0: it's hilarious. I think it's very hilarious, but it sucks to play.
1: Yeah. Once I was the Barbarian, I never looked back.
0: Oh, man. There's a lot of good characters in that game. There's a lot of really good characters. Anyway, okay. Moving on. Over to you, sir, for a game which I thought was going to be a porno game, but it's actually not, or so you say. Innocence
1: Island. It is not. No. Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. Because that's a
0: perfect title.
1: Now, it's a very unusual game, and that's why I picked it. Okay. Uh, Innocence Island is from Rainy Day Creations, uh, small developer in Spain. Okay. and uh, It does rain in Spain, although mainly, Oh, come on. You know, in the flat areas. Innocence Island. <laughs> so it's a third-person, um, I don't want to say RPG, a third-person adventure game, let's say. And very, very simple graphics. You can look at the graphics uh, while we're talking about it. It's like, um, not pixely. It's kind of like voxel-y looking. Okay. Uh, there's for some reason in the options, you can make it look worse, which I don't understand. You can make it look more like a PS one game. Uh, I'm not sure why you want to do that. Cause that's that's
0: the hotness right now.
1: Everybody likes those ugly
0: ass PS one games. Nostalgia, I guess.
1: If you want nostalgia, you can do that. Um, but I'd liked it on the the high fidelity setting and yeah, it's, it's kind of simple uh, style, very, very simple colors. So what is the game? It's pretty difficult to explain, but it's very unusual and a cool concept. Um, You play as a character who wakes up uh, in this land and it's all very um, vague on like the story, but it's kind of supposed to be. And it just sounds like you're in this place to solve this big puzzle um, and, you know, figure out this great understanding. And it sounds like you might've done this before, One of those kind of like, um, uh, not reincarnation, reincarnation kind of things, you know, like you might have done this trip before to kind of figure out this answer and might have not done it. You know what I mean? So it's like you're, it's like maybe another time that you're trying. it. Are you
0: talking about the character or are you talking about yourself? Because I feel
1: like it could go either way here. Who's yourself? I am the character. That's... (laughs) That's what I mean. Are you talking about I, me in real life?
0: Yeah, because it sounds like you're describing. You got you got real philosophical there for a minute, where it's like, we're all here to solve this puzzle. We may not right. have, done it, but we're going to try again. And so, like, whoa, we got super
1: meta all of a sudden. So both then, yes. Okay. Th- yes. That's what I felt when I was playing it, because there was just an alluding to, like, have you been here before? You know? And so it's like, yeah, it's this kind of grand mystery. So here's the other part that looks like, the coolest part, okay? And the reason why I, I played it is your character, um, you run around. And you, in the very beginning of the game, you wake up and there's a duck running around a little pen. And <laughs> now hold on. That's not the I mean, it's line. already funny. You've okay. already got me, so. But you have this, uh, you have, I think it's L-Trigger or whatever. You have this ability to watch things in the, in the world. And when you watch something and you kind of focus on it, you can learn uh, how to do the thing you watched. So because you saw the duck running around at the very beginning, you know how to move now and now Is you can, first person did you say no third person third person okay. yeah So you're, now, first, you're like a human yes you're okay. a woman character and you can run around now because you saw the duck you focused on the duck you're like oh i get how to run um and so you can move and then you learn how to you know do things at basically by focusing on something you can learn how to do it so you see a monkey in a tree and after you focus on them and you know use the button it says, "Oh, you understand how to hang from things now." Oh, uh, so
0: that's so that's where innocent island comes from. Like you don't know how to do anything. You don't. Because You're you a new so spirit kind of in a way, classically yeah. innocent. Okay, I yeah. Get it. And then you learn. Okay, gotcha. I'm with you. and
1: it's just it's really inventive. Like I've never played a game like that. Here's here's the weird thing of it though. I found um, again this massive lands, huge. It looks like Legend of Zelda. You know, um, what's the one? I always forget the name of the main one. Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So it's very much like that, right? Huge, expansive lands, and you're just kind of like going around trying to figure things out. Now, you pick up a bunch of stuff in the beginning. There's just stuff floating around, like crescent moons and fruit and stuff, but you don't know what any of it is. So you can't actually use it, really. Uh, There's some that you can like trial and error use, and once you trial and error use it, it'll tell you what it is. Like I I found a green leaf and ate it, and it was like, that's poison. (laughs) (laughs) And I just got hurt, you know, and it's like, but now I know it's poison. What a smart idea, I think, for a game. Um, The funny and weird part of it is at some point I found these guys and they were doing like karate and there was a sword or like an uh, axe next to them. And the game says you can either be a pacifist around the whole time or do combat. It's up to you, which, you know, we hear in games all the time. But in the very beginning, you find a helmet that if you put it on, it says monsters won't appear. So really? I put it on, and I was like, "I'm too like innocent right now. I can't, I can't. I don't know how to even jump very well, you know." Right, right. So, um, so I put the helmet on, and I haven't taken the helmet off, by the way. And I haven't done any combat yet. And I really? played the game. Yeah, I played the game for, I want to say three hours or something. Okay. Um, and so I found these guys, and they were doing karate, and I wanted that axe, so I just took it, and they were mad at me, and they chased me. But I didn't know how to fight. So, and they didn't
0: fight you. They just chased no, you. No, they were trying was... to hit me.
1: Yeah, they were chasing and, hi- oh, and okay. hitting so at you me.
0: So you have the helmet on, but your actions yes. did trigger an encounter because you stole from
1: them. I stole from them. And also, okay. I think the, the helmet is protecting me from other monsters.
0: Oh, just mo- but not Yeah, that I don't okay, see. Gotcha, yeah.
1: gotcha. Um, anyway, so I ran away from them, and I got away from them, and I have the axe, right? But I don't know how to use the axe. Because you haven't seen anybody use it. Yeah.
0: So I'm just literally like running around with an ax. So is that the puzzle aspect then is like, maybe you've got the ax and if, if you had perhaps watched those guys first, maybe you would have figured out how they were using it and then you could steal it and then you can use it afterwards. Like is kind of the, the order in which you observe things part of the puzzle.
1: Yes. I mean, yeah, definitely for sure. Okay, Like at some point early on, you learn how to jump because of something you saw, you know? Gotcha. Um, And that extends even further because this game opens up even pretty pretty much uh, more than that, because you meet a weird little guy at the top of some building, and he goes, uh, there's a little comedy in it too, and the guy goes, oh, you're expecting a prize or something? Uh, or a combat session? And I was like, no, because I can't fight. And he goes, no, I'm going to give you spells. And so then you find these little uh, um, like statues in the land, and if you have a certain amount of currency of something, you can... Um, Learn spells. So the first spell I learned was fucking cool because this land is huge. And I was just about to come to this podcast and say, here's a con. You don't run very fast, you know, okay. and it uses stamina. And I was like, going to be pissed at it. I was like, fuck this game with the damn slow, slow running. <laughs> but now I can't say that because, again, it's part of the game. The first spell I learned was you can, uh, it's a spell of the 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 deer or something some like some deer spirit or something and so you can ride an animal by using that spell oh so it's kind of like a like a fast travel ish yeah it's ride just faster you know it's gotcha. faster yeah gotcha and so then once i had that i felt much you know it's limited uses it's not forever so you have to be sure. smart about it but it's I, like
0: a real deer is not forever oh sure. it makes exactly sense.
1: yeah it's a mystical deer that pops in and out you know um and so yeah so that opened up the game more and the whole yeah the whole world is kind of like a puzzle it's like you're trying to figure out how to get to one location how do we get there if you fall in water in the beginning you die immediately because of course you don't know how to swim don't know how you to know? swim. Yep. and i was like that's like real life for me so what about what about now nah, i'm just i don't know anything about this game i'm just bullshitting you're here, spitballing
0: about like, spitballing what if you walk to the edge of the water and you watched a fish, and you watched the skills, and then would you be able to breathe underwater because you watched how to do it?
1: You're giving me so many ideas. I should have watched fish. I haven't yet, and there are fish, so I bet you that might help me, so I'm going to do that Figure right that. Now. I
0: want to report back. What happens okay. when you watch the fish? I want to know what happens.
1: Uh, and then the other one is those karate dudes, I didn't watch them, and I wonder if they would have used the axe. That would have saved me a lot of time. Now I think I might have screwed myself because they don't have the axe. I do. Well, what if you give it back to them? Will they go back and chop you something? You can't give they, it back to them. Come um, on, maybe all right. I hey, love anyway. I love your puzzle solving of the puzzle solving game that you haven't played. It's really I'm fun. Just, I'm just trying to think outside the box here. i I like the fish idea. I'm gonna go do that right after this. But overall, I still think you should be able to have the character move a little faster because it's a pretty big world and it's many maps and there's these teleporters and stuff. So it's a lot to explore. I just would like to traverse it a little bit quicker because, like I said, it's still kind of a con because when you bring up that fast travel animal that you're trying, you know, going on, it's still like limited uses. So I don't feel like I can use it all the time. Um, Overall, though, what an inventive idea. Like, I just really like that concept of not understanding how to do things until you see them um, and observe them. So. Yeah,
0: this is so cool. Like I mean, I haven't played this. I haven't even seen it yet. I'm going to look it up after the show, but like just hearing you tell me about this concept, I'm already coming up with like all these different ways of like, oh, it would be cool if you used your your observation for this, or like, this could be kind of a puzzle, or what if you did this? Like, I'm already brimming with ideas. Hopefully the developers are more clever than I am, because I hope that my good ideas will be in that game if I ever check it out. But it seems really cool, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this, this concept, man.
1: they are few and far between though. I would say the only other con is that, like your excitement for it was my excitement for it. And it's not Wayne, because I'm still playing it, but it's like those observable moments aren't as, Often as I would like, oh, do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I see this game being like almost a scribble knots, so where like every few feet or something. That's I, that's
0: kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's not that because oh. it's too much like um, this expansive landscape that mm-hmm. like you know you're uh, happening upon these things after you traversed a mountain, right? Or uh, maybe not that you know in the very beginning there's a bunch, right? Because they want right. to get you started. Yeah. Um, like in the very beginning, I couldn't get to this like thing I really needed because it's, there was a gap. And it was a very small gap, but I didn't know how to jump. So I just says, maybe I'll auto jump. And I just died. You know? Because oh. so, but like, again, you, you get a bunch of stuff in the beginning. You learn how to jump, you learn how to crawl, blah, 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 I still don't know how to climb a ladder, which sucks balls because there's like a ladder with like this really important thing on it and I can't climb it. Um, but it is also, I shouldn't say it sucks balls because it's pretty cool. It's like, I got to find this other thing. Uh, first, that sounds interesting, and I'm way more interested in the
0: observe and grow rather than the walk a real far distance. So yeah, it's kind I mean, of, yeah, know, a lot of games give you the distance. and just like I am so over, uh, I mean, I haven't talked about it for a while, but like there was a point when every game was like this open world game for a while, and I was like so over. Um, simply traveling a long distance is no longer anything that I want to do in a game and so hopefully we'll have more of those moments because it sounds so interesting but if all you're doing is learning for the sake of being able to walk further and climb higher then maybe that's not for me
1: no 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 it, I should make sure to to say it's just like that there are few, they're few they're like far between those moments you know like farther than you might think but sure. they're not all like just like to jump even higher or something they're like really big different things you know um like the fact is I'm holding a uh, weapon I can't attack with. At some point I'll be able to attack with it. That'll make a change a lot of stuff. Um yeah. and the ladder will bring me to a whole new areas and and the characters are showing and the kind of weird like you'll see statues or you'll see like writing and you can't read it because I can't read yet. Sure. But so yeah. I'm going to want to go back to all those places I couldn't read. Um and there were at, just this morning there was like um I just went to this cliff and I was like, "Man, I'm stuck. I don't know where to go." and confused. I just saw an imaginary like uh, illusion road appear Mm -hmm. like by the cliff and I just walked on it and it brought me to another thing. So there's some secrets. I really like it. Innocence Island. I think people should check it out. It's weird.
0: Sounds very intriguing. Okay. Innocence Island on PC, I assume.
1: No, you shouldn't assume. Oh, we're Playing are you? that puppy on P- PS4, the best place to play games. Nice. Okay. Also I mean, are you playing play Innocence games. Island, an unusual, cool, weird puzzle game on Xbox? No, you're probably not.
0: I mean, maybe it is. I didn't even check because I didn't know it existed. I'm going to look it up i to right check now. it out. Yeah, I'll check it out. Okay. Let me talk for a few minutes here. These are my last two games, and we'll go to you, and then we out because I'm actually getting kind of hungry. Um, let's see here. Let me talk for a minute about this really, really unusual and orthodox game uh you're never gonna believe what this game is called it's called milk inside a bag of milk inside a bag of milk really that is literally the title and in fact that's only half the title because the second part of the title is milk outside a bag of milk outside a bag of milk outside a bag of milk what so it's very strange the title i mean obviously caught my attention that's a very bold title to roll with and when i looked at the screenshots it's very abstract it seemed like maybe it was a horror game, maybe some kind of a psychological thing. It was really tough to figure out what it was. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll take a, take a look and see what happens. Um, okay, I, difficult, difficult to play this, difficult to talk about it. So essentially, once I started playing, it became apparent in a hurry that this game is about the player inhabiting the role of someone who's got like severe mental illness of some kind. Um, they're not specific about it. But uh, as soon as you start playing, the game starts saying things and um, doing things which make it really apparent that you're kind of in this person's head. Um, They talk to you, the player, in fourth wall breaking quite a bit, which I wasn't a fan of. Um, They talk about how this person's in a graphic novel, which is kind of what this game is, sort of. It's just mostly like a lot of pictures and a lot of text. And once in a while, you get a choice. I don't know that I would say that that qualifies it as being a full-on graphic uh, visual novel, but okay, sure, whatever. Um, but like, so so from what I gather, and full disclosure, I don't fully understand this game. Um, from what I gather, you're a person who's got some, um, some mental illness of some kind. You're on your way to a store and you need to buy milk, but you've got like a lot of like OCD-like symptoms and a lot of like compulsive um, behaviors. Uh, one of the first things that happens is The game says, oh no, you were walking with one foot on concrete and your other foot was on the grass. Oh no, now you need to walk backwards exactly the way that you stepped to kind of undo what you did. You know, kind of a, like you weren't controlling it. Like it was, it just said that you did that. And then it's telling you what you need to do to like to undo it. And again, it just kind of walks you through. You don't really do anything. There's no there's no character action. You're not lining up footsteps or anything. It's just telling you what you're doing. Mm. So you're you're listening to all these different symptoms a person's going through. Um, and I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I get the concept. I mean, number one, I didn't know what the concept was before I played, but now that I'm playing it, it's pretty clear. And I just, I guess, I just don't understand what I'm supposed to get out of it, because. To be perfectly frank, I find this game to be really, um, I don't know, kind of off-putting. I don't know if it's being really respectful to people who actually have these um, issues or not. And in terms of a gameplay perspective, it's really irritating in play because you're just advancing text, so you don't really get a lot of choices. The pictures are very abstract, so you're not quite sure what's going on. Um, I do not believe that people who have OCD see the world as red monsters. I don't think that's a thing that happens. Um, and at some point, you get these dialogues that just kind of drove me up the wall where it's like, um, the person will be talking to you, the player, being like, can I trust you? And you go, yes. But instead of clicking yes, you have to type in Y-E-S using the the Switch um, text parser thing. You know, like when the little keypad comes up mm-hmm. and you got to p- type yes. And they're like, but can I trust you? And I type Y-E-S again. But can I trust you? Yes. Y-E-S again. But can I trust you? Like it goes on like for like a long time, dude, like over and over and over and over. And I finally got like kind of pissed off from like typing it so much and I go no and it's like oh no and then like you reset to the beginning of the game and I'm like okay that sucked like I don't want to go through all this stuff again um and it was slightly different so I think that they meant for you to do that as perhaps a way of showing like the recursiveness of some of these um issues but like it's not fun and I want I'm not really like on board with it right like I'm not really they haven't got me in yet and I I feel like it's just like a lot of random stuff happening Mm. that is difficult to figure out. So. I guess that's maybe the point of it. And people tell me it's a very short game. Um, I played it right before the show, so I didn't get all the way through it. There's like two parts to it. I was doing the milk inside the bag of milk. I haven't gotten to milk outside the bag of milk yet, but um, that's kind of what it was. Like it was just repetitive um, typing in the text over and over and over being talked to in, you know, fourth wall breaking kind of dialogues and just really abstract images. So, Mm. I mean, I don't really even know what to say about it. I'm going to go back to it again give it one more shot, but So far, I feel like it's just really wildly experimental. Um, It's supposed to be pretty cheap, It's supposed to be pretty short. So I guess it's just kind of a taste of something that someone wants you to experience, which is cool. But uh, I don't know. I just I just don't know what to do with it.
1: All right. Yeah. I mean, people try things uh, and then just put them out there and it might Mm -hmm. not resonate Mm -hmm. with everybody, but it sounds like it's a it's an attempt at trying something
0: yeah they're certainly trying something and um you know a lot of people i looked uh, on reviews a lot of people on steam really like it a lot a lot of people thought it was very cool and clever so i mean i'm not saying it's not i'm just saying i just didn't find my groove with it i didn't it didn't click with me somehow but it seems to be clicking with other people so maybe give it a shot if this seems at all interesting uh and and see what you think all right all right that is milk inside a bag of milk inside a bag of milk and one more quick one for me, Tanuki Sunset. Um, do you know what a Tanuki is, Carlos? Wait, I think I do. Remind me. It's the raccoon dogs that yes. live in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were made famous because, what was it, Super Mario Brothers 3, I think? The suit. Had the, the Tanuki suit. Yeah. And everybody thought it was a raccoon suit, but actually it was a Tanooki suit. Which is, you know, if you don't know, and I didn't know for many years, uh, well, it looks like a raccoon, but it's kind of like a raccoon slash dog sort of animal. Uh, but it is not a raccoon. Uh, very different animal, different part of the world, um, whatever, whatever. So anyway, Tanuki Sunset is a skateboarding game.
1: It's, it's a skateboarding game. A longboarding game. Longboarding game, yes. Yeah, because I've seen this, and okay. it seemed like in the trailers that it was a really relaxing, zen kind of yeah, longboarding game. Exactly, yes, dreams. yes.
0: You are correct. I'm glad you made that clarification because you're not doing – I mean, there are ramps. You do tricks, but this is not like – Tony Hawk's pro skater. It's not like one of those like trick oriented games. It's really kind of like a racing slash you jump once in a while game where you've got your longboard, you're on a road and it's all very like eighties, like neon aesthetic, a lot of pink, a lot of orange. Um, you're, you can buy shirts that are like turquoise or whatever. Like if you were alive during that point, late eighties or something, like you'll totally get the vibe right off the bat. I think it's a pretty cool aesthetic. If you like it, it reminds me a little bit of like Patrick Nagel or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so the vibe is pretty cool, and you play. No, okay. So this is the part where I have a problem. It's called Tanuki Sunset, and after having learned my lesson from the Super Mario Brothers franchise, I know that a Tanuki is not a raccoon. But goddamn it, to hell, Carlos, this motherfucker looks just like a raccoon. I don't see the Tanuki. It looks, like a, to it looks me. like a raccoon. It
1: looks like a raccoon.
0: It looks like a raccoon. And I'm like, why did you do that? Why didn't you call it? I mean you should have called it raccoon sunset and not Tanuki sunset because he doesn't look like a tanuki; He looks like a raccoon.
1: Wait, wait, hold on. In, in the description of the game, it says Tanuki sunset. Classic is a third person longboard skating game where players play as a raccoon. Okay. Thank you. Then why the fuck do they call it Tanuki sunset? Downhill.
0: That's I feel like there's some kind of bait and switch happening here that I'm not down with, but you are a raccoon. Okay, good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just caught yes, raccoon definitely. sunset.
0: You should raccoon sunset, raccoon afternoon, whatever that rhymes. That's pretty good. Um, so anyway, you play a raccoon in this game that's called Tanooki. don't know why. You're on a longboard, and you're on these like really kind of like uh, abstract tracks that are kind of like floating in space, and lots of orange and neon and pink and chartreuse and stuff whipping by you. You collect gems as you go. Those are used to get some unlocks in the shop, which is like different parts to your skateboard. You know, you get a cool hat, the backwards hat, get some shades, a cool little bowling shirt or something like that, and you dress up your raccoon, and you kind of go through these tracks. And it's interesting design because um from what i can tell there's only one track in the whole game but it like crosses the entire island and it's not like open world or anything like you start at the start and you kind of just skate for a while dodging cars collecting little pips or whatever every once in a while you'll have to uh drift around a corner uh i found the drifting really difficult but uh i'd suck at drifting anyway just like i suck at parrying so that's on me i think the drifting works fine i'm just bad at it um you hit ramps and do some tricks, like flip your board, spin your board around, get some tricks. But you're kind of just like grooving. Like, you're kind of just like watching the, the scenery go by. You're kind of just moving, you know, dodging cars. Um, and that's basically what it is. But as, as you go through, the the road is divided up into sections. And so it's very long. Like, it's a very long road from one end of the island to the other. So there's checkpoints. And you can stop when you want to. You'll start at the next checkpoint. And... Uh, you know, you can stop maybe like after 10, 15 minutes and you can pick back up in the middle of the island or three quarters away through the island or something. Um, so it's kind of interesting that they have just like one really, really, really long track divided up into bits rather than six or seven different islands. And each one has two tracks or whatever. So, um, I mean, I guess it's it's it, it does what it does. It's a raccoon. I feel a little bait and switch with the title, but like it's all good. And I, I mean, my, my long and short of this is look at a Look at a screenshot of this game. Just one. Any any screenshot of this game. If you like what you see, that's exactly what this game is. Yeah, and there's nothing else that needs to be said. If you like what you see, that's it. That's yeah. what this game is. You can play it, and if you like that, then you're going to like this game.
1: Yeah, when I saw the screenshots, I was like, I know this game. I know what yeah. this game is. Yeah, you look at it, and
0: you know immediately what it is, and that's exactly what it is.
1: And it seems like, yeah, you just want some zen, relaxed time. And I, yeah. hopefully, if you like, what, synth tracks, I'm guessing? Oh, yeah. The like music's really music. cool. Yeah, yeah. Thank
0: you for bringing that up. I forgot. There's a variety of tracks. The tracks are all really good. You got like some bossa nova. I believe there's some upbeat stuff. There's some techno like it's all it's all great music. Um, The vibes are cool. The graphics are cool. Uh, I struggle with the drifting, but that's a me problem. Other than that, I think it's just it's a pretty cool. Like just look at it. Just look at it. If you like the idea of a skateboard with 80s neon shooting by in the background, then this is the game for you. It does exactly that.
1: Also, um, kind of a theme today. If you go to Squid Squad there's a free version of it. Nice, check it out. Check it out. Check it
0: out. Tanuki Sunset. I kind of like it. It's it's exactly what it is, except for not being a Tanuki, which I'm still kind of mad about. But other than that, it's all on point. I think Raccoon I like
1: Sunset. It. Before I move to our last game, I have yes. a callback to Innocence Island. Not, Just now,
0: that was a quick callback. Wow.
1: Yeah, I know. Not on Xbox.
0: Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Only on
1: PlayStation. Okay. Uh, no. Also on switch. Oh, interesting switch. Okay. Which is the only way I'll probably get you to play it. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe not, but, uh, yeah, it's on switch for 20 bucks. And so I just thought I'd let people know they can check it out there. Yeah.
0: Cool. I mean, I'm, I am i have uh, I still have my PlayStation. I have no problem jumping on there if I need to. And probably, it seems like maybe better on a big screen. You think?
1: Yeah. You know, I was just thinking that it does feel like that breath of the wild vibe is awesome. So I would say on the PlayStation
0: I'll check but it out. It is up
1: there on the Switch. Just so you know. Right on,
0: right on. All right. Thanks for the uh thanks for the heads up. Okay, Carlos, over to you for our final game of the show, Sonic Frontiers. Um, I'm guessing it's got Sonic in it. Probably Frontier or two. Other than that, I don't know anything, so why don't you fill us in?
1: You can't not know anything about this
0: game. It's been all over the news. Oh, dude, I guarantee you I don't know anything about this game. I know it's got wow. Sonic, that's all I know about it. What okay. would I know? What was in the news about it?
1: I mean, just the fact that remember that when we talked about it in this show, I talked about it in this did show. We? Yes. Where they, they showed the demo, the alpha footage, people were worried because it looked like a unity or unreal demo. That's and the every Sonic that,
0: game. I don't remember that at all. Did we
1: talk about that? You we sure? did. Yeah. But anyways, a lot of the early looks of it was, you know, Sonic in the middle of what it looked like an unfinished kind of unreal, like open landscape. Uh, and people were like, what is this game? What, this doesn't feel like Sonic at all. And then as it as time went on, people were like, oh, this game is a multitude of things. It's other like old school Sonic levels and an open world game. And people were like, whoa. So I had to check it out. <laughs> what? I love, the, I love the progression of just like you telling me the
0: people's reaction to the stuff. That was pretty entertaining all in itself. Just like, oh, good. There you game? go. And then, whoa. Yeah, it's pretty. I, you took me on a little journey there. Buddy. I
1: took a little history. Yeah, yeah, and was that was good. a short version. Um, but in general, Cliff's,
0: Cliff's notes on Sonic Frontiers.
1: Yeah, well, the other Cliff's notes is that people were not happy. You know, they were like, "This isn't what we want out of a Sonic game." It's it's just kind of a weird open world, and it doesn't the vibe doesn't fit him, Cano, because he's like old school and kind of yeah. '90s and fast talking and colors and stuff. And so it's it was the opposite of that. And I'm here to tell you that I love that part of it. Weirdly enough, um, so what is this game? It is third person Sonic game? it's a lot to unpack but that's why you, that, that in itself is a mouthful right there it's it's an epic game is also what i mean cuz like it's super huge going back to breath of the wild it, these massive worlds there's like 4 or 5 worlds um it'll take you a long time just to you know kind of complete one uh what is the game and how does it play in general like i said before you have two sections of the game one you'll spend probably seventy five or eighty percent of the time in, which is the open world and yes, in the very beginning, talk about a vibe it feels like death stranding what uh, yeah yeah the very beginning of the game you're it's raining and it's again it looks like uh an unreal kind of um breath of the wild kind of landscape, a lot of rocks, a lot of green you know grass and and kind of desolate and the music's super sad and you're like. You know, you, you landed there with your friends, there's a backstory, but it doesn't really matter too much in the beginning, but you and your friends crash landed there and now you wake up in this like place and you can't see any of your friends and it's just you. So it feels like, yeah, the beginning of Death Stranding, cause you're just kind of figuring out where to go, how, what your your moveset is. And it's not like you can't go fast cause you know, you're Sonic, you can, but you have leveling. So there's an RPG element where you don't go as fast in the beginning. Cause you have, you know, stats. So my speed, it was like zero, right? Zero out of 99. Um, It still could go fast, but you couldn't go like super fast. So I'm definitely traversing, looking. The rain was cool. It just, yeah, it doesn't look great, but it was just a cool vibe. And I kind of just loved like exploring with Sonic. And I didn't think that's what I was, you know, going to like for a Sonic game. And then as you go through the level, there's just all these different weird ramps that are just floating and different things on the ground that push you into like a fun little Sonic thing. So an example is like you hit um, a bouncy thing. It pushes you up into the air. You land on a rail. You start grinding that for a while. It shoots you off and through rings like old school rings and those push you through and you get a collectible. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So those are everywhere. Right. And the pure fun and joy of this game and me just talking about it now makes me want to go play it right after this is that it's just, Every land, or every, like, landmass that you're in, it has tons of them all over the place. And it's just super fun to collect shit. Because there's a lot of currencies in this game, which is a con of mine a little bit. There's keys, there's fucking hearts, there's, you know, there's gears. And each one you need for a different thing. So I think there's too many currencies in general. But it is just a very relaxing kind of, especially the first, like, you know, hour of the game, you're like learning all these moves. You're learning these, um, tracks and you're just kind of exploring. And then, Oh, after a while you have enough like currency to talk to your friends and you get like a cutscene, or you You talk
0: currency to talk to your friends.
1: Yeah. You get these heart currencies that let you talk to like your friend in the beginning. And so you, I don't know why you need them for that, but you do. It's almost like it's, it's saying, Hey, you progressed enough. So now we'll like give you a little bit more of the story. Um, anyways, the thing you don't need currency for, sometimes you just meet your friend and you're doing like side missions. And so you'll do little side missions with the characters that are in the world. Um, okay. So the other part of this game to kind of make a short version of this review, cause I'm going to definitely bring it back to the show is you, you open up these, uh, what are they called? I forget what they're called portals of some sort. And you go to the cyberspace and in the cyberspace world, that's the old school Sonic levels. And some are like straight up looks like 2D, right? Um, But there is always 3D element to it. And then some are just straight on 3D, like you're just going forward into the screen, you know, that style? Yeah. The first one you do is super fun. I think they did a good job of which one they picked as the first one. It's got like K-pop music playing. It's like super, like it's hard to die. It's just really fun. And you're like, wow, this is great. But as you go along, you open up more of these cyber worlds. Some are annoying as shit in my opinion, like you die a lot. And I'm like, I don't want to die in these levels. You know, I want to just like have fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, the last one I just noped out of, I raged quit the game. Oh man. And, and, I, and it's, and, and the thing is in to progress this game, you do need to get keys from those levels. Yeah. So you can't just be like, I'm not going to play them. You have to. So you don't have to beat every part of them. You know, they have like many things you can do within the level, but I just, I hated that. I had to like, I just kept dying in this one. I was like, holy shit. So in general, I really like the open world. There's enemies. Again, there's a lot to explain, but there's like a upgrade path where when you beat certain enemies, you get experience points. You get these little, uh, again, another currency. You go to these old wise men, they upgrade you. So you're basically always working on your four different stats, which is like ring capacity, uh, attack and damp a defense. And then also your run speed. So those are all things you're always upgrading yourself. But like I'm like, out of 100, I'm like 40 for my attack right now. So enemies aren't a problem, you know, which makes it even more fun. But then there's one more piece of this puzzle. There's these titans all over the place. And they're all different types of monsters that are like super big, like Shadow of the Colossus style. I was just going to say, are we talking Shadow of the Colossus? Yeah, we are. And the first one you meet, it's almost like you don't want to beat him right away, almost like an old-school RPG. Later, you come back to him. But it's this thing where you have to climb him and then, you know, damage him at the top of him. And then, you know, you drop and you kind of climb him again. And it's kind of annoying, but it's also kind of fun. And then there's another boss at the end of each world. And those fights, kind of a QTE, you know, in the fact that, you're, like, you're floating, you're like supersonic. Yeah. yeah. But they're epic as shit. Like, heavy metal starts playing. And it was really fun. Like, I really enjoyed it, even though it was kind of difficult. Um, so there's like three parts of this game, right? It's this open world, weird, you know, you might not do anything for a while, just kind of have fun, run around, um, find these little, you know, tricks and stuff, fight enemies, get some experience points. Then you jump into the cyber worlds, which are totally different and kind of zany and uh, really fast. And then there's these boss fights. So it's all of those things. Interesting. Interesting. That's quite a mix. It is a mix. And it's and- a... Yeah, Yeah, go ahead.
0: Trying to just try to spin it around in my head. I mean, I have played a fair number of Sonic games, and in general, most of them are either okay or miserable. Um, I mean, how are you liking this overall so far? Like, I mean, uh, in terms of like these new mechanics, I mean, a lot of the stuff that you're describing seems like a first time for Sonic. And they're kind of doing this open world thing now. So I mean, do you feel like it works? I mean, are you having fun? I mean, like, what's your take on it?
1: Yeah, I would say this uh, kind of to, to bring up the point of, like, you know, has Sonic done these things before? Just think about Sonic Adventure. Do you remember that game? Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Sure. Yeah. And Sonic Adventure 2, I think, was the last one they made. They never made a third one, I think. Um, that it, it, it kind of like it feels like that in the cyber levels because it's a little faster paced and the style actually matches that a little more. But this is more of like if you were playing Sonic Adventure, but you had all the time in the world to just walk around. You know, mm-hmm. you weren't like worried about going fast.
0: Right, um, right,
1: right. Weirdly enough, you can keep upgrading your speed and, you know, you, go, you get to pretty damn fast. And by the way, when you have all the coins that you can carry, you go faster. You get like electric Sonic or something. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I really like it because it is this kind of open world of just doing things. Um, I have a couple cons I'll get to, but... Yeah, to answer your question, it's a surprise. Like, it's a pleasant surprise. Um, I mentioned it being a star in my week because I kind of didn't expect much. I heard a lot of bad things with people saying how they didn't like the open world and didn't match Sonic's, you know, feel. But I think it does. I think it's just a really unusually weird mix that when you start playing it, it's really hard to put down because you're like, oh, just do this one more thing. You know, we talk about that in the show all the time. Oh sure, oh sure. Those games that do that really well, like the carrot and the stick thing. Yeah. But the, these these carrots aren't really carrots because I like right now I'd turn it on and I'd find a new little you know bouncy pad, get onto a, a, a rail that I've never grinded. You have to like you know go left and right on a rail to stay on it. So they're, like you know whatever, and then you get to a whole new area and you you know it just it's so easy and effortless to play. There's also a nighttime where um, these stars fall to the earth and there's this kind of weird casino game that happens. Um, there's, you know, weird levels that feel like old school um, Sonic games. And then the con is one is the fact that there's it's so huge that it does feel a little daunting. You know, it's almost like an action RPG or, or old school RPG where it's uh, there's so much to do in this game. Hmm. But the biggest con is what everybody's talking about is because you go fast. I don't know if that's the reason. But you know you're you're Sonic. You go pretty fast through this sure. land. Sure. It's got to render the world. It it has a problem with that. So,
0: oh no, that seems like a pretty big con.
1: Now it's a it's a you would think it's a bigger con. It's a con visually. So there's pop-in, right, and worst pop-in probably that I've ever seen in any modern game. It's I don't know why I'm defending them, but you are speeding through this landscape. And if you think of any game, I know I know I'm giving a defense right now, but if you think of any game action RPG, you're not going the speed of Sonic, right? And you can hit turbo like all the time. So like if I turbo, I'm going really fucking fast. So that's my only defense of them i mean
0: that to me is like that's like a square one sort of problem where it's like okay we're going to make a game with sonic what does sonic do sonic goes fast, he goes fast. what should we do we should make sure the world renders because he's going to go fast all the fucking
1: time no let's
0: not do anything until we get that nailed down because that's the core of our fucking game
1: well i'll say this again in performance mode um i didn't i don't know why say again i just mentioned it this first time in performance <laughs> mode the my rate was great on my ps5 like beautiful buttery smooth and did it render better no, it didn't render better. That's a it's a software issue. Like they they've got to fix it with a patch. Oh man. So so now okay. Here's the con. The con comes with a pro. the The con is it looks visually weird sometimes. It's not all the time, but it's lots. Right? And you're just going along. <laughs>
0: it's not all the time, but wait, it's wait. Write lot.
1: that down. Write that down. That's a good show. It's right. Not all the time, but it's lots. So it's true though, because like you're like oh those things that are in the sky, those rails, they just popped in. You know these yeah. bricks were. Here's the pro though generally you're not interacting with them until you're right up on them so it's like it's not fucking you you know like you're not on a rail going like oh there's the pop in where the thing i have to hit is missing and now it just showed up that's mm-hmm. what that's what it looks like it would do cuz you're like i can't even see it till i show up near it you know but right. when you're riding a rail or you're doing something that it's generally hasn't happened ever to me so does that make sense
0: yeah, so you're saying like it renders weird and it it doesn't look great, but it's not a problem because you're not going so fast that you're missing your objectives or I guess you're not running into enemies and losing life because you can't see what's going on it's just yes you're just traveling real fast and it's ugly, but then you get to where you're going and then it's fine yes, exactly
1: because it's never killed me like I can okay. be honest like I played this game for a long fucking time now five hours, six hours or something, and the second world right now and I almost completed it. I, I've not died from it, from popping. Okay. So it's just annoying as fuck and weird. Uh, so I'll give a, everybody that. It's weird. But yeah, so I, I really like this game. It's weird. The very beginning does feel like that's trending because you don't have a lot of power-up moves and you're just kind of going around in this rain with the sad music. Um, and the juxtaposition is a little weird because you jump into the cyber world and it's like 80s all over again or some you know, day glow colors and K-pop's playing. Um, but man, it's just fun. And there's a weird side story uh with this, you know, cybernetic future world that you're in that's kind of somber and a little bit like an RPG. So hmm. I recommend this game. Uh, we don't I don't know, we don't do that. I recommend or I don't I mean, recommend? You
0: can feel free to recommend anything you like. I mean, you can I know, I just, no, it no just, just sounds you, official, but yeah.
1: Sure. Um I really really like it. It's really weird and different and yeah, it's different. Um I just I really really am mad at some of those cyber levels cuz they seem like unfairly difficult at times yeah and i'm like i just want to i just want to get the key that i need to progress to the next land so right
0: well all right interesting i mean i i i honestly legitimately didn't know anything about this game other than i mean i believe that i believe you when you say we talked about it we probably did i just didn't remember but i sonic was not at the forefront of my mind um and this sounds interesting i mean I wouldn't check it out if it, like, you know, came to Game Pass or if I got it for cheap or something. But, uh, yeah, I, I'll, I wonder if they're going to fix the pop-in. And I guess uh, if you report back, let us know in the progression of it what you think, how it goes. I, mean, I guess I'm just curious to see what kind of an adventure they're crafting out of this.
1: Yeah, I just feel like when I'm thinking about playing it right now, th- why I want to keep going back to it is because that, that flow that you get in is just so addictive. Like, I'm always having my finger, finger on the right trigger, you know, which is the boost. That's just, I just start the game, I'm boosting. And but then, this is
0: the part that doesn't render, right? So, like, the flow that you like is just you traveling really fast over the landscape that no, doesn't No, 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 no,
1: no, no, That's not it. No. I'm saying, like, the flow is I get in the game, I start boosting, you you d- jump, double jump, or whatever, and then you uh, fight some enemies, get some experience points, jump onto a rail, do something, go through a ring, flying in the air. There's, there's moves you can do when you're in the air, too. Mm-hmm just doing that loop right there and like getting more stuff and getting more currency is wildly addictive. Like okay. it's just, and you look at the map and you go, okay, what do, what do I have to get? Like far cry style, right? Gotcha. It's got that far cry feel to it. You're like, okay, I could do this, open that thing, go there and then meet the guy again. Cause every time you get all this currency, which I think there's too much of you do get to bring it to this guy or a couple different guys and like upgrade yourself. So, you know, that's addictive as shit. So yeah, I still recommend it. It's weird. I like it a lot.
0: All right. That is it for the show. Those are all of our titles in the main section. Um, We're just about to wrap it up. But uh, before we go here, uh, any last non-game related items you'd like to discuss before we go, Carlos?
1: I just think I mentioned on the show before, but I'm uh, watching the peripheral. Did I mention
0: that? Yeah, we we talked about that last week. The lady who's in Appalachian Mountains or something, and she wears the super keen VR helmet that looks like real life.
1: Yeah and um i want to tell you a spoiler because i don't know you're gonna gonna watch it or no
0: um we might watch it it's on our list i watched the trailer for it a couple days ago and i was like oh when we were watching it i'm like boy this really reminds me of a william gibson story and then five seconds later based on a story about william gibson and i'm like oh well that makes sense then because yeah this is just like a story that i read from william gibson and for people who don't know he is the guy who basically invented um, cyberpunk,
1: yeah, basically. Well, just a ton of stuff, yeah, yeah like yeah. early sci fi that just um,
0: a lot of internet based stuff he invented, mm-hmm. a lot of like you know, VR tech stuff, VR stuff. Like, yeah. he was on the cutting edge of all that stuff and came up with so much. Like, a lot of stuff we take for granted when we talk about that kind of thing, like cyberpunk and and high tech stuff, he came up with like on his own. And like, he was his books were famous for being um, kind of impenetrable in terms of the dialogue he was using, but like, once you got into them all of the concepts he was talking about. And a lot of the stuff has come to fruition, whether it's because people read it and made it so, or he was just really good at predicting the future, whichever, but Yeah. yeah, kind of the godfather of all our cyberpunk type stuff. So when I saw this trailer, it made perfect sense that it was based on something he wrote. So that made, that made uh made me feel better about it, more excited about it, I think.
1: Are you enjoying it so far? Yeah, well, that's why I'm bringing to the show is because it actually opens up a bit like his his books and the fact that this is a minor spoiler, but I think it's, it's important to tell people because they might be on the fence and also the first episode doesn't really talk about this, but there's obviously a VR helmet. Um, there's some really interesting ideas about haptics, they're called, that these um, guys have in their arms from the war, from the military. Uh, again, things that aren't real, or at least that I don't know about probably are real, um, that are interesting about technology mixing with humans. And then that, what they don't allude to fully. And I'm telling you now as a, is a reason to watch it is when she puts on the helmet, the VR helmet. Um, yeah, this is a minor spoiler, but it's important. Could-
0: so maybe jump ahead if you don't want to be spoiled. Jump so ahead for a minute, but I'm telling Brad anyway, hit the, hit the fast forward button for a second in case they don't want to get spoiled here. It's
1: important. I think it's a good spoiler.
0: I think I already know what you're going to say because I'm pretty sure I read the story, oh, but go Okay.
1: Ahead. Okay. Yeah. It's not just the, that she's going into a virtual reality. It's actually affecting reality. Sure. So what she's sure. doing is actually like super fucking cool. And it gets cooler when you learn what she's actually doing when she puts on the helmet. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Anyways, I'm checking that out. About anything on your end?
0: um not much i will say uh yeah we're watching quantum leap on peacock have you oh heard? the new quantum or, leap yeah. the new quantum i mean you're i'm sure you're familiar with the original quantum leap yeah right? of course yeah yeah a tv show back was it early 90s or something like that i feel like early 90s maybe scott bacula dean yeah. stockwell uh really cool show um interestingly kind of a side note we went back to start watching quantum leap the original one before this new series dropped and man somehow i didn't remember how slow some of those episodes were
1: yeah uh, we were
0: we were struggling it through i'm like man i remember loving the show so much and scott Bakula is great i mean it's just it's impossible not to like that guy dean stockwell as well he's, he's really great great cast but man some of those episodes were just like dragging and i'm like man it was really tough to get my kid through some of those so we're like okay pause because i feel like this is a good show but i don't want to burn you out of it because it's so slow right now we're gonna save it for later but the new one dropped on peacock a whole new cast uh, but it kind of have you seen any of the new show at all or not i haven't no so it builds off of the old show we weren't sure if it was a total cool reboot or what but they assume that the first series of quantum leap happened and it's real and that's history for them and so they are moving forward from that series they're taking the research and what is the research i'm talking like people already know i'm sure there's people that don't know and let me tell you in the original quantum leap a guy created a time travel machine and what how it worked was he could inhabit the bodies of people who lived within his span of time. So if he was born in 1950, he could time travel from 1990 all the way back anywhere between 1950 and 1990. So like, he would jump back to the Civil Rights Movement. He would move forward to... Uh, I don't know, some person in Chicago when they were doing a lot of their political stuff, like like within the span of his own lifetime, he could time travel in that in that span. So that was the original show. Uh, he, He spun out of control. He could not get back home to his normal time. So he was trapped leaping from body to body in different time periods, and he would have to solve a problem for whatever person he jumped into. And once he solved that problem, he would go to the next person. So basically what it boiled down to was every show was a new premise, like new person, new story, new problem. And they had a lot of leeway because they had that 40 or 50 year span to choose any kind of story they wanted to. So Mm -hmm. pretty cool. Like in one, he was like helping um, a boy get over his fear. And that boy ended up being a young Stephen King who went on to become famous. And he's like, oh, because of my actions, Stephen King became a famous writer. And in one, I think it was like Rosa Parks. He was helping somebody and it turned out to be like Rosa Parks. And so you get the idea. You get the idea. Um, in this new series, I think it started off kind of, I don't want to say it started rocky, but I think the characters hadn't quite, um, come together quite yet. The actors hadn't found their groove and they were kind of moving forward with the series. And I had some questions because I've seen the old series and I'm like, I wanted them to kind of address it a little bit more. Um, but I guess that probably wouldn't going in the weeds too much, but they've, they've come around to it. They've addressed some of the past stuff. And I feel like the cast is really finding their energy. The last couple of episodes, they're up to episode eight now. I feel like they really are more energetic. They're kind of um, vibing off each other a little bit more. They feel more um, lived in with these roles. And so I feel like that's really come together. I'm in- appreciating that. Uh, and I think it's just a great idea for a show. The ability to, to go back and forth is great. Now, I will say one thing that they changed in this new episode or this new series is they... I guess they, like, quote-unquote, advanced the technology to where they can go beyond um, the lifespan of the person who's doing the leaping. Mm. So this person was born in, like, I don't know, 75 or something. It's a problem they had to solve, right? Because if they're going to keep it with the time span, like, you're you're only going to be leaping so far back. Like, I mean, you're going to time travel back to the 90s. That's not super exciting, right? So they, they they like, they undid the, the limiter or whatever. And so now they're able to time travel, like, anywhere in history. So, like, one of the episodes was going to the Wild West, which clearly was way, 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 way before this guy's natural time span. So that opens them up to, like, more possibilities. We could go back to the Renaissance. We could go back to wild west elizabethan england or like whatever so i think that was a smart move i think it it really took off some of the limits that the other series um had to deal with and i am very curious to see if scott Bakula is going to make a cameo i don't know if he will but Mm -hmm. at the very beginning of the show they said that his character um is still lost in time he never made it back so i'm very curious if they're going to have him pop up at some point that would be fucking awesome that would be cool would be awesome but we'll see but so far um if you're interested at all I check it out. The first couple episodes are okay, but they don't really like pop. But it's not until maybe like episode four or five when I feel like they get their feet under them and the energy gets better and it's it's pretty cool now. I'm enjoying it.
1: Right, yeah, that happens with a lot of shows. You kind of like yeah. they have to find their stride as well. So exactly, exactly. Uh, by exactly. the way, that reminds me of Sliders, which is one of my favorite shows. Oh man, Sliders was such a fun show. dude. I and I show. think they rebooted it once, and then they they couldn't find the same magic or something. But yeah, yeah. the idea that was of a that good show. one, yeah, sliding to different dimensions, but anything can happen, basically, like a you know parallel parallel realities.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that one episode where they get into dimension where people had giant flying spiders, and that was like. Horrifying. <laughs> oh, really yeah. Fun episode, though. Fun episode. All right. Quantum Leap, check it out. And I guess that's it for a show. As always, folks, we want to get your questions and comments, your feedback, your ideas, your thoughts, your hopes, your dreams, anything at all. Hit us up. So Video Games Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter for now at So Video Games, but you can also reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week?
1: Oh, yeah. We're not, um, we haven't changed our Twitter handle and we're not, uh, that that place is a garbage fire right now it's hilarious yeah we're going um, to be there as
0: long as it's still there but who knows how long it's going to be there so we'll see
1: i took a break right when that all that shit was happening and i was like happy that I was off it while that was happening but oh, um man.
0: Wait, wait wait pause, pause. If you've been, i don't know if you've been following so just a quick thing uh we're not going to get super into it but you know elon musk is, fuck him he's an idiot he has single-handedly disproved the idea that billionaires are smart people so i guess thank you elon musk because you're an idiot and you just proved it to everybody. Um, but beyond that, some really cool things have been happening because Elon Musk has fucked Twitter over so much. Um, we don't need to go into the details, but like him fucking around with the with the verification, the blue checkmark thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much you know about this, but basically he was like... Uh, we're going to take away everybody's checkmark and you got to pay eight bucks but then it can be anybody can pay eight bucks and it doesn't mean verification anymore but then it does but then there's a second blue checkmark. He's been just stumble fucking his way through this whole thing like a complete fucking brainless piece of shit moron but the cool thing about this is that with this new system which is garbage people have been jumping on impersonating other people and tanking their fucking stock prices i don't know if you saw this
1: oh yeah i've seen all of this dude i've, okay, I've been yeah, following it okay. very very closely and okay, by the way yeah. it's all it's all done now that he he stopped it he changed it
0: for now we'll see what happens but i mean just as a quick example um you know somebody impersonated lockheed martin the aerospace and military contractor and said that they were going to stop supplying uh, arms to the Middle East. And they lost like what three billion dollars in stock value, like yeah. in that morning, just because some dude like like got the blue check mark for eight dollars and said he was Lockheed Martin. Totally false. Totally not true. But it killed their fucking stock. Same thing for um, Eli Lilly, Eli who said Lily, they were going yeah. to put out insulin. Uh, insulin for free, which they're not doing. Fuck those assholes. Uh, but tank their stock as well. So fuck them. So I think that part hilarious it's been very very fun to watch i love that these these random people for eight dollars are destroying these asshole multinational corporations who are making our lives miserable so that's awesome completely unintended side effect of elon Musk's dipshittery. shittery yeah Uh, but that's been cool but adding that's
1: adding to that um i think someone created a nintendo official nintendo account and mario flipped off everybody Mm -hmm. um it's been, it was endlessly fun. I basically fought, watched the whole thing through YouTube like through other people watching it. Gotcha, gotcha. Um so I was kind of, you know, up to date on all of it and yeah, it, that system of buying a blue check mark caused that, which is again, we kind of all could have, you know, seen that coming. And so that system's done. Like it's it's offline. I don't think he'll bring it back cuz he, you know, he's just going to be inviting that to happen again. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's almost like the fun is over, <laughs> but, uh, what's weird is there's like leftover remnants of that fun because, uh, Jesus Christ is officially, uh, verified.
0: Oh, he get verified finally good. He's a yeah. good guy. Yeah. And he he's a good him. guy. Yeah. And I like
1: mm-hmm. him, you know, I didn't know him, but, uh, I heard good. He things. seems all right. He seems. He all seemed right. like a really, really fucking great guy. He's
0: got some great cat memes, dude. I love it. Oh uh, no. Yeah. But he's also did
1: like, you know, bigger things, um, <laughs> a side note, you know, Christianity. Anyways. Um, so there's some funds, you know, like leftover accounts that, because the system's broken, and they just shut it off, like they didn't fix everything. You know what I mean? So some accounts yeah. are still like that. But I love it. I just, I that's the kind of chaos that I, I did like because like you said like a bunch of big companies and evil corporations kind of got their comeuppance, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a garbage fire. Anywho, you could check anyway. me out on TikTok at Carl Spadella on TikTok.
0: And for me. Um, on Twitter for the moment. I'll be there until it dies. I'm also on Instagram. Um, I'm getting a couple other backup accounts going on other social media platforms. But to be perfectly honest, I don't really like any of them. I don't really want to. I mean, I, I guess you can find me on co-host. I've got a co-host up. It's just my name, Brad Galloway. Uh, I'm also on Mastodon, but I don't understand Mastodon, and I don't exactly know how to tell people to find me. You can't. So yeah, it's not yeah. going to work. It's, it's just uh, yeah.
1: decentralized servers, so it's not really going to I don't off. know. So
0: maybe somebody will come up with something better. But for now, Instagram for sure, Twitter as long as it's there. You can find me at Game Critics. But it's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's no O's. And that's going to do it for Episode 312 zero is that right am i wrong i don't know 310 i'm gonna say 310 thank you all again for joining us here on the so names codcast what on the what
1: what where on are we codcast. on the codcast on the only talk about cod and other fishes oh, that's God, it, it, it from so now, now delicious on out. when
0: you deep fry it dude i could go for some cod i'm so hungry i'm so hungry. i you am know. hungry too join us on the podcast and we'll see you next week that's it oh wait i'll see you next week damn we it wait do it again it. do it again
1: we, okay. we do it again okay
0: Thanks for joining us here on the podcast, and we'll see you next week.
1: Yeah, see, that does sound good.